Hey everyone, my name is James and it's time for another episode of Short and Sweetness. I am the host of a podcast called Blink and You'll Miss It, where every episode is over before you know it. Each episode is five or less minutes and it is about uh, individual songs uh, by Blink-182 and associated uh, side projects. But Short and Sweetness is where I come onto Jimmy Eat Pod and uh, talk about the song in question for five minutes or less, and today we're talking about the song Kill from Futures. This is one of my favorite songs on the album. It's a great album, one of my favorite albums by them. I want to start uh, over at The Genius. The song is sort of summarized by a contributor. It says, this song is about that person who will always make you melt, but will never be the person you spend your life with. And this is sort of how I interpreted the song for a long time. But today, when I was preparing for this episode of Short and Sweetness, I was looking at Kill in a different way. If you read the lyrics from the perspective of a Mark David Chapman-esque stalker slash celebrity fan, or stalker in any way, but I sort of read it as sort of a celebrity sort of stalker, it takes on a new meaning. Things like, well, you're just across the street, looks a mile to my feet. I want to go to you. Funny how I'm nervous still, I've always been the easy kill, I guess I always will. Sort of was thinking about, um, I've always been the easy kill, and he he keeps talking about, you kill me, he says you kill me a bunch of times, and I sort of was looking at it as like, you kill me, so I'm gonna kill you, but in sort of a, one is a metaphor and one isn't. And then we got some stuff like, uh, uh, could it be that everything goes around by chance, or only one way that it was always meant to be? You kill me, you always know the perfect thing to say. I know what I should do, but I just can't walk away. All these things start to be like, oh, okay, well, when you put it like that and you have sort of a like, I don't know who you are, why are you in my hotel room uh, vibe to it, it definitely takes on a different feel. I can picture your face well from the bar in my hotel. I wish I'd go to you. I'll pick up, put down the phone. Like your favorite Heat Miser song goes, it's just like being alone. This person is alone in a hotel room. Is it the person that they are singing to? Is it their own? I don't know. They pick up, they put down the phone. They know the person's favorite Heat Miser song. It's all this sort of like hesitance, building up confidence and courage to, you know, make that final move. Oh God, please don't tell me this has been in vain. I need answers for what all the waiting I've done means. You kill me, you've got some nerve, but you can't face your mistakes. I know what I should do, but I just can't turn away. I mean, it's dark. It becomes very dark. And the bridge, it says, So go on, love. Leave while there's still hope for escape. Gotta take what you can these days. There's so much ahead and so much regret. And then it says, I loved you and I should have said it, but tell me just what has it ever meant? All these things become, it's like, it's like a jaded sort of rotten love that sort of has, has died and is festering and is turning into something darker. And then the last thing it says, I can't help it, baby. This is who I am. Sorry, sorry, but I can't just go turn off how I feel. You kill me. You build me up, but just to watch me break. I know what I should do, but I just can't walk away. I just gave myself goosebumps. It's so wild to read this from a darker point of view. And I think that actually this would work for a a many love songs, kind of. If you read it in a certain tone of voice, it's sort of like, ah, that's horrifyingly creepy. But 
I think that that is the cool thing about music. I think that it allows for multiple interpretations, and we should cherish and celebrate those multiple interpretations. However, I will always listen to Kill from now on with a little bit of trepidation and uh, creep factor in it, which is fun. You can find me on Twitter at unabashedjames, and as I understand it, I am the cold open, so cue those credits. So still Disney hungover, huh? Yeah, mostly just because Susie worked early uh, Monday and Tuesday. So the park's closed at 9, but then I wanted beer, so I went to Ballast Point, and they're not pouring. Uh, there's no open bar because of COVID restrictions, which I did not account for. So I did not get beer, and so we had to take the long way back to the car, and then the freeway was closed, and then so we didn't get home till like 11.30, and Susie oh, yeah. worked eight the next day which meant we had to get up at 6 30 to get west to school at 7 30 so we could get Susie to work at eight and then today Susie worked at seven so we sort of did it backwards we took Susie to work then i got the kids ready for school or you know west ready for school and then uh and then i was at work with keaton and uh there was a big premiere today so we were dealing with that at work and uh, all of that so all of that is to say yes i'm still hungover <laughs> Yeah, uh, and I'm just wrapping up the rest of my school year, and I got a uh, three more days left. I mean, oh. I guess by this comes out, by the time this comes out, uh, I'll have been out for a week. But congratulations! You know, tying up all the loose ends, doing all the the final grading and attendance and all that stuff, it can get a little overwhelming. Yeah, yeah, but you know, uh, with whatever comes. Next year, next semester, next summer, who knows? Whatever it is, I feel like I'm going to kill it. <laughs> this is Jimmy Eat Pod. I hope we kill this episode. I I, uh, I anticipate that this is going to be a big one. Um, so uh, before we before we do this, I want you that we're we're gonna uh, mess with the time to continue with our Bill and Ted theme uh remember last week when i was about to play for you right now for the first time that audio clip that i got from <laughs> so so last week we played a clip before the episode jen from shana wells yes who we talk about on the Sh on the jen episode a lot yet we did not address the audio clip we played before the show that justin you are about to hear right now and now we will react to because we're going to cut it out of this episode and tack it onto last week's episode, which people have already heard a week ago. Okay. Does that make sense? Uh, yes. So, so uh, <laughs> we'll play it now, but then we'll react to it now in housekeeping. Okay. All right. So uh, let's take a listen. Here it is. Hey, David and Justin and fellow pod listeners. Uh, it's your girl, Shayna. And I'm calling from Phoenix to uh, talk for about 30 minutes about how Jen by Jimmy World is a perfect pop song. Oh, hold. No, hold on. No, actually, it looks like it looks like David just wanted me to talk about the boys performance at the Suns game last night. So that's fine. We'll just talk <laughs> about that. Um, so last night was uh, round two. Game one of the NBA playoffs for the Phoenix Suns against the uh, Denver Nuggets. We did win. It was absolutely incredible. 
Um, as soon as I saw that Jimmy World was going to be playing the halftime show, I bought tickets. And as soon as Zach posted a picture of where they were playing in the stands, I switched those tickets for a ticket three rows behind the band, of course. Um, which I'm super grateful that I did because they were incredible. It was super quick. Um, I don't know that you'd call it much of like a halftime show. They just played a couple songs, um, but they came out and performed Sweetness and The Middle, which, which are arguably their most well-known songs, total crowd pleasers. Uh, the best part was just seeing like how stoked they obviously were to be performing after, you know, this past year of not being able to, you know, perform live. Uh, they just, their energy was great. They sounded amazing. So, uh, it was a blast. All the boys were there. We even had Robin on stage. We're all just absolutely going wild. It was so fun. I think there's some videos online. Um, all the videos I got sound terrible because I was so close. Um, but it was such a fun time. They were just all amazing. As soon as they were done performing, they went out into the lobby, um, where a bunch of us were like crowded waiting to get pictures and autographs. Um, but they, the guys couldn't have been more gracious. Uh, I got to meet everybody but Zach. Um, but it was really fun. And I just look forward to seeing them perform more in the future. It's just exciting to be back out there watching the guys. So anyway, uh, go sons. And thanks for letting me call in. <laughs> Awesome. Yes. So, so glad to have started last week. It was just <laughs> perfect timing that last week was Shayna's favorite song. This week she went to the show. So we tacked that audio onto last week's episode because I just <laughs> couldn't know for sure if the Suns were going to still be in the playoffs So when this episode aired. So I was right. like, you know what? We're just going to tack it on ASAP. <laughs> um, uh, so I, I was uh, very excited to have her even more on the gen episode than uh, she already was. Uh, <laughs> let's see what other housekeeping I have. Uh, I don't have my kill notes open yet. Uh, oh yeah. So they played the halftime show. That was sick. Um, oh, how did we not? Do... <laughs> so last week, Jen was episode 86 and I learned, oh, yes. <laughs> uh, I knew this, but I learned from you from your Applebee's days that uh, 86 is how you would, yeah, you get rid of the kitchen. Get rid of you it. didn't want something, right? Yeah, get rid of it. Leave it off. Yeah, eighty six. Yeah. So how, and how did and eighty six is code for killing? <laughs> how did we not schedule kill for episode eighty six? Uh, the wheels are falling off on the back half I, of the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've set them up so so well that we've just we've set yeah. them up just to just fall right off of the side. Yeah, we've just set up a bunch of seven ten splits for ourselves. So. <laughs> um. So, I, yeah, I think that's all I have for housekeeping, uh, unless you have anything else. No, no, no. We've got uh, our work cut out for us this evening, my friend. <laughs> oh, wait. You know what? Hold on. Didn't we get a text or a voicemail? Oh, shoot. You're right. Did we? Let's see. It was a voicemail. And Aaron, uh, let's go ahead and let the voicemail speak for itself. This is regarding open bar reception. So this is two weeks ago now when <laughs> we... Now we're d deep down the Prince hole with the video I sent you today. Ah, uh, yes, um, yes, yes. Prince is a god. Okay. And I'm sorry that I I said when we played the song Controversy that I should be ashamed of myself. I think Aaron took pity on me and did not follow up his email or his voicemail. But uh, let's listen to his voicemail when he was still at the beginning of the pod. Yes. <laughs> All right. Here listening. We go. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Here's Aaron. 
Hey, David and Justin. This is Aaron Brungart, uh, also from L.A. Uh, just calling about the open bar reception episode. Um, I'm still listening to it, so if, if, pardon me if you corrected this uh, by the end of it. But uh, Prince Controversy, Prince, Prince recorded a song called Controversy. Uh, that's the, like Jim is referencing that in the song. <laughs> um, it's fairly popular. It's fairly famous. Uh, probably played at a lot of wedding receptions. Um, and far be it from Jim and the band to reference another song in their songs. Uh, several examples of that. Uh, perhaps it was the LA traffic that I've been dealing with, uh, <laughs> while listening. Uh, but I got very, very upset <laughs> when you interpreted that as something else. Um, but yeah, just wanted to let you know, uh, still, still love the pod. Keep up the good work. Thanks guys. I want to personally apologize to Aaron because that was my mistake. And yes, it was my interpretation, which I should, uh, you know, set the disclaimer at the beginning. This is my personal interpretation, but you know what (laughs) we did? We did cover up that loose end by the end of the episode. Thank goodness. Yes, yes, yes. And I feel like he probably felt like I had, uh, I had, uh, I had punished myself enough. That uh well David, thank you for saving me. Yeah. I yeah. mean, here's the thing is that voicemail came through the Friday before we recorded the Gen episode and we still didn't even play it on that episode. Aaron probably thinks we're all pissed off at him or something. I sure hope not, man. I'm so glad Aaron no, yeah. called in. I love it. Um and uh I I wanna say that I think that covers it, but it doesn't. Um so if you There's more give me all right. Oh, but there's more. So this is so cool. I, I this has been a while since we've had this, but two reviews on iTunes in the month of May. So I wanted to thank Kevin uh, from uh, the Discord and the community in general. Turn up the nostalgia, please. Listening to David and Justin talk about the band's catalog is kind. Uh, it's kind of like being in high school and talking <laughs> shop about good music. The topics are always great to listen to, and I'm always engaged with the material. Be most excellent to each other, my dudes, and party on. Yes. Uh, very appreciative. Uh, of anybody that takes the time to review the show. Uh, so thank you. Yes. Um, and now, without further ado, let us jump into this behemoth of an episode. Justin, is this not one of your favorite songs, if not the favorite song? It's tough. I try not to speak with in, in such black and white uh, you know, uh, terms, because uh-huh. it's like I feel like there's certain moods. But... I, I tell people that Futures is my top album. That's my top album. I, I, for the most part, I've stuck with that statement. Um, and then on this album, Kill has just always been my top track. You put those two together, yeah, I think that I could I could say, David, that Kill is is uh, my favorite song. And I thought, I thought, you know, you think you have these, these songs that you call your own, and you feel like you're on your own little island, like, I got, this is my favorite song. And then you realize... Oh wow, this thing is incredibly popular. <laughs> I'm not alone. Yeah. Uh the people that have shared their um their love of it by doing covers and articles and posts and community you know, comments and things like that just show how popular uh this song is. Yeah, and didn't I uh, was it Polaris that I was like I I kept thinking this song was kill. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the uh let, let's let's run down the stats uh, yeah, a little bit. Uh we've got the title is this is Kill from Futures. 
2013, they released the iTunes sessions. And in 2005, they were on the One Tree Hill music from the WB television series uh, soundtrack. Uh, track four of 11, three of eight on the iTunes sessions, three of 14 on the One Tree Hill album. Uh, release date of Futures was October 19th. 2004 produced by gil norton and jimmy eat world recorded at cello harvey moltz's house tempe uh and ocean way uh writing credits jimmy eat world artist is jimmy eat world sung by jim nobody's featured on this track it's an interscope record a uh, notable high note of g4 notable low note of f3 there are two demos for this song a trombino demo that leaked to the message boards and the officially released band demos that they recorded themselves that was released on the two disc special edition of futures uh it was the 23rd most played jimmy eat world track at 198 times uh 24 times jim played it solo First time they played it, according to Setlist FM, was in Pomona at the Glass House, November 6th, 2003. And most recently was January 29th, 2021 at the Ice House for the Phoenix Sessions. It is a G minor song. That is a 6A Camelot, 348 duration, 127 BPM. Yeah. Justin, um, shall we jump into lyrics? Let's do it. First, though, I wanted to, I, I did want to ask you, you've, Please. you've kind of addressed this already with the release uh, there was a lot of people like looking on songmeanings.com. The comments go back to June, May even of 2004. You said it was first played in Pomona in 2003. According to this, November 6th, 2003 okay. at the Glass House. Yeah, yeah. and there's a couple of comments in here. Uh, awesome song. I heard the Pomona show version. The band says the live version is relatively different than the version that'll be on the new CD. I was wondering if there was like a leaked version that people were hearing. Before. There was, uh, yeah, as far as I could tell, there might have been a bootleg of I don't know if it's this Pomona show because I saw the band in October 2004 at the Glass House in Pomona. And I don't know if that show was bootlegged. And I was a bad researcher. Once I found that that show, that a Pomona show had been bootlegged, I had already done the research part of going and finding certain shows that I wanted to play. Uh -huh. And the oldest performance I found on... Yeah, this was Fishy Recordings um, was from 2005, November 2005. Um, fishy Recordings is that guy that gets those really great yeah. legs um, out uh, in Chicago and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I just I, I didn't have there's so much on the song. I didn't have the time to go back and look specifically for the Pomona bootleg. Um, but there were several people that had discussed that bootleg in particular right so if you've got it jimmy pod at gmail.com 44 j pod let us know uh, yeah and we would love to talk about it yeah play it. okay yeah but it does seem like there was uh in in one way or another some some version of this song that was leaked out or uh, or shared around that just because of the the sheer amount of comments that people said this song is awesome can't wait for the new album uh but anyway let's get in let's go ahead and jump into these lyrics here love these lyrics as i usually do uh verse one Starts out here, well, you're just across the street, looks a mile to my feet, I want to go to you. And that's just like him saying, so close, yet so far. They've become very close, but the road between them, this figurative road, what, what they have to go through is long. Or is, uh, you can't uh, traverse this terrain. Uh, and But he wants to be there. You know, he sees what lays before him and uh, the difficulty mm. that lies there. Or, or the, uh, the impossible. 
factor of it. The fact that uh, he can't ever get there. I want to go to you. So already we've got this uh, this scenario where somebody uh, may have someone else in their sights, but they just can't reach out and touch them or, or communicate with them. Uh, funny how I'm nervous still. I've always been the easy kill. I guess I always will. Now, the lyrics here, I feel, are saying that he's a diehard romantic, um, and he can be easily persuaded. That's what he's admitting. It's like, I'm, I'm a pushover, um, and I'm letting you know that if that person doesn't already know. Like, this is my personality. I'm just easily pushed over. Uh, these lyrics could also be, this isn't a, a direct reference, but they could also be a reference, um, or at least inspired by, um, the Heat Miser song, uh, Rest My Head Against the Wall, which contains Thank the line. You. Yeah. And I'm not sure that I've ever had the nerve because I've always felt like an easy kill. So maybe echoing echoing the um, the, the statement there that he feels like uh, I've, I've always been a pushover. I've always been someone that you can just uh, affect with your words. So there's a, an indirect reference to a Heat Miser song. Uh, and then chorus one goes... Oh, this is so pretty here. Oh, and also I wanted to note that in the verse, the harmonies there, like every time I listen to the different versions listening before we had yeah. started recording, oh my gosh, I can't help but do that that lower harmony. Yeah, it's really good. You. It's almost monotone, but yeah, yeah, it's like right in the pocket. Yep, it fits so well. And you're just drawn in to be singing it. So already in, in that verse, they've got the harmonies going, which are beautiful. But then we jump into the chorus here, which is, could it be that everything goes round by chance? Or only one way that it was always meant to be. Will we ever get another opportunity if we don't seize it now? Or is is there only one go round? Do we only get one chance at this life, at at this opportunity? And he's just it sounds like he's bouncing this thought in his head. Um, it's you know, it's a tough place to be. You kill me, you always know the perfect thing to say. Hey, 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 hey. I know what I should do, but I just can't walk away. Uh, and I think they're saying that uh, she's great at saying what he loves to hear or what, or even what he needs to hear. Um, mm. And he should step back into his current life, but he just can't. Like maybe she's a siren and he's just drawn into her for whatever reason, uh, but he just can't walk away. I can't step away from you. I'm I'm so drawn in. Uh, and beautiful. Now, real quick. Go ahead. It's not written in the lyrics, um, but almost every cover also skipped the call and response portion of the chorus uh i find the rep the repeating of the last word chance uh b and b to be so integral to the song and uh i mean we'll hear in some of the <laughs> we've condensed severely <laughs> some right. of the uh covers for this episode but uh having gone through 126 covers or whatever the hell i did <laughs> ridiculous i would say less than 50% did the call and response. And I don't know what that's about. Huh. I find that part so endearing and great. Yeah, where he just goes, chance. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it, it, just fills a, out, just it fills out that um, that line where, where it just really lets you think and resonate on that line that was just, that question that was just posed. Could it be that everything goes around by chance? And then they're thinking in their head, it's echoing in their head, chance. Yeah, I like what you did there. It's a good observation. Thanks, man. Mm-hmm. So right. note it. Voice two. And voice two, yes. I can picture your face well from the bar in my hotel. I wish I'd go to you. At an easy position to be in after a couple of drinks. He's thinking about her. He wishes that he had the confidence to go through with it and uh, and be with her. Um, I'll pick up, put down the phone. 
like your favorite Heat Miser song goes, it's just like being alone. Now, this is a direct reference here to Elliot Smith's yeah. Heat Miser lyrics where he says, um, well, what I feel Jim is saying is that he can't even bring himself to call her. And if he does, when they speak, nothing would ever come of it. Uh, it's just, And it's just like being alone. I don't know if that's, I think in in the context of the Heat Miser song, when we looked at that one, Half Right, uh, it was more of a, a conversation or a potential conversation between somebody who didn't want to hear the truth and the other person who was trying to tell them. Like, let's say a, someone who was addicted to drugs and the other person who's trying to be the voice of reason. And it's basically their arguments are falling on deaf ears. I think that's what we were looking at, how that meant, that that relationship meant in that song. This one, however, it's kind of similar, but I feel more like it's somebody who's enamored with someone else and... Um, they feel alone just because maybe they're they're not as considered or their thoughts or their their position isn't considered and their phone calls or their conversations just don't go anywhere and that's why they feel it's just like being alone so while the the that lyric it's just like being alone has two different meanings it's from that same song or at least how i'm interpreting this i get it yeah (laughs) okay so two heat miser references and then chorus two goes, oh, God, please don't tell me this has been in vain. I need answers for what all the waiting I've done means. Now, a couple of things I did want to note here is the is the the tension in the oh, God is is the pinnacle of this song for me. I've mentioned that to you. Yeah. Several times. You have. Oh, you just, have. How much. Did, now. Go ahead. Let's get into extra credit territory here. All right. G- finish your thought. But okay. we're going to get into extra. I'm okay. going to I'm going to I'm going to digress. Sounds good. Uh, once you finish your 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 thought here, I just got a little too excited. Okay, <laughs> but please, yes, this is the pinnacle of the song. You've mentioned it before. Yes, this was not lost on me. Okay, uh, and then the other thing that I wanted to mention before I just kind of break down the lyric uh, is that I need answers for what all the waiting after means is what I thought they were saying for years. Oh, waiting after, interesting. Means, like waiting after, waiting on you. Uh-huh, it, it makes yeah. way more I, sense to hear waiting. I've done sure but uh same sentiment yes it yes. didn't change the line really no it, it doesn't and it makes it more clear for me now but i still hear in my head like i still yeah. hear waiting after means but just to to kind of uh put a pin in this in these two lines here um oh god please don't tell me this has been in vain i need answers for what all the waiting i've done means i feel like he's lost and wants answers to the questions in his head and yeah. has all this thought and energy been in vain what's the end result what can he all right, man, lay it on me. What's the extra credit? Open up Frame.io. All right. One of the many pieces of media that I've created for this episode is specifically for you. <laughs> and I didn't take every version of the song that I could find because it became a little unwieldy. But I took many. How long is that audio clip called Oh God? 20 seconds. IO? 20 seconds. All right. It is 20 seconds of every, not every, Many intera- uh, 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 many iterations of Jim singing, oh, God. <laughs> this this episode just uh, went from an NC-17 to an X rating, David. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's, take a, let's take a listen here. All right. For your oral pleasure. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Oh 
So I, I took your favorite. Pre- that's like when you have too much of a good thing. That's it, right there. Yeah, you're right. I even put sparrow sleeps in the middle of all. This. I heard the dings, the little uh, mallets. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All so right. I did that just for you. That's a wow. tasty treat. Thank you, it's David. A little rich. But... <laughs> Whew, okay, man, that yeah, was not uh, to be had in one more setting. than I, I more than I had hoped for. Yeah, that is not made made to be had in one sitting. That is. Uh, oh God. Uh, <laughs> and I did it even in like I I did it a little bit at home in my bedroom, and I forgotten that I'd done it in Final Cut. So I did like some in there, and then I went and found more while I did the other things I worked on for this episode in Premiere. So I couldn't even tell you how many oh gods there are in there, but well, you know. Wow, I'm impressed, man. Yeah. That was impressive. Yeah. <laughs> we'll make that a Patreon exclusive. They yes. can download that isolated. Oh track. God! Oh God! Oh, oh God. God! Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, oh God. Okay. Uh, oh, and and uh, we're in the middle of course two. Yes. Uh, 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 Jim had made the decision to try to write a song that did not have a repeating part, like many choruses are. It's just okay. Once you get to the chorus, you sing that part you heard before. Yep. Um. But in this song, he was challenging himself to write a track that had no repetitive lyrics. So, yes. So, yeah, we're in chorus two here. And uh, until we get to this, even in the second half of the chorus, it's similar, but it's not identical. Right. So, yeah. Same structure. Yeah. Different words and sentiments. Yes. So this time around in chorus two, we go, you kill me. You've got some nerve, but can't face your mistakes. Hey, hey. Hey, hey, I know what I should do, but I just can't turn away. So it sounds like she's guilty of tempting him uh, and that she knows that he can be captivated easily. And I don't know if it's like a matter of stringing him along or if, you know, two people can want something and they know that it will it it may not ever amount to anything just because of of like the situation that they're in. But Mm. you just can't help but draw that other person in and it sounds like one of them is very aware of this uh and they they very well could both be but they just uh they're stuck yeah and okay then we jump into the bridge here okay this fucking bridge oh man i've already made i already have it in the drafts the meme and that'll be the artwork for the show uh, you know, a picture of all the best bridges. Uh, oh, yes. Like, you know, the London Bridge, the Golden Gate Bridge, the lyrics to this bridge. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So um, it, it already it, got it's in the drafts folder ready to go. Oh, sick, man. This one. Uh, so it after that second chorus, it lays off for a little bit and, and they take they take it down a notch sonically. So yeah. when you go into this bridge, it's very quiet. The The rush of the instruments have subsided a little bit. And now you can kind of just take this bridge. Get twinkly in. acoustics Oh, here. man. So go on, love. Leave while there's still hope for escape. And I think this is just like him saying honey and baby, which is yeah. I, it just so, you know, in, in terms of endearment in Jim's world. Yes. I love it. Um, I love how he uses that as a common noun in this. But he's telling mm-hmm. her that she's got to be the one to close this thing out before it's too late. Um, leave while there's still hope for escape or else we're going to get into a mess here. Uh, Got to take what you can these days. There's so much ahead and so much regret. Uh, and it's, it's, I think they're saying it's harder to live free these days and they're young with so much ahead of them and knowing there will always be regret for their situation, not concluding with them together. Uh, there's just no way, there's no way around. We, we can't fix this and be together. 
we just have to understand that this is not going to have uh, a final, you know, the end. This is not going to conclude, and we have to be okay with that. Um, that's going to be the regret, is that we have to understand we got ourselves into this situation, and, and that may be the regret that we have. Uh, and then we're about three-quarters of the way done with this bridge. I know what you want to say. I know it, but can't help feeling differently. Uh, he knows they both want to be together, but it's just not possible. Their current situations just don't allow for it. And the last little bit here is, I loved you, and I should have said it, but tell me just what has it ever meant? Uh, he's loved her at one point, but never said it to her or maybe showed her just how much he loves her. And even feeling that high of an emotion, what was it good for? It's moot. Uh, again, going back to the whole, th there's nothing that can amount from this. Um, so what good is loving you going to do? Yeah. And I love the second half of that bridge when Zach kind of comes in with a more driving beat to kind of kick yeah. us back into that last chorus. Yes. Oh, it's everything is like at the right time. Uh-huh. Yeah. The harmonies, the drums, the the sound cutting out. Yeah. And then and then that takes us in to uh chorus three, where we've got Jim singing, I can't help it, baby. This is who I am. Sorry, sorry, but I can't just go turn off how I feel. He's a romantic. I love how that sorry, sorry oh. goes too, because it's kind of it's like swirling. And in the demo, you'll hear he just says sorry. I just you know what I mean? It I yeah. almost wonder if it was a Gil Norton note or something where it was like let's do like an ad lib that we'll have in the background and it'll like kind of swell to your actual sorry like you know it's kind of interesting well it's i like it's like he turns around you know yeah like he's he's saying it with his back to the person so it's off mike and then he turns around to finish his thought you know yeah your description is really um apt is the the sorry sorry because it, it does swirl it kind of goes like sorry sorry yeah yeah, that's a really good uh, um, way to describe it. So it is very, it, it fills that spot well, and it also just kind of pushes the the, the emotion. Yeah. Uh, now that we're in this last chorus where he's, I don't know, man. Each, even chorus two is so just full of emotion, and now we get into this chorus. Yeah. And and I think he's just saying that he's a romantic through and through, and he can't help feeling that love. He's come to an understanding that it's just who he is. There's no way. I don't see jim as this type of person but this definitely seems like a um everyone's gone home for the night it's just jim and gill in the studio and there's candles lit the lights are down and, it, <laughs> and it, you know it's a private moment it's not like a you know the band isn't hanging out they didn't record you know they're right. all i'll bet everybody was all hands on deck when they were doing futures because that's like such a banger oh yeah um but uh kill was more like all right We've laid down everything. All right, I, you guys go home. I'm going to lay the vocals down. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Gil's like, we need about 50 more of those oh gods. Can you give them like... Yeah. Your... <laughs> oh God, oh God, one, oh God, oh God. One day, somebody's going to cut them all together. <laughs> yes. So I, I would agree with that. Yeah, it doesn't seem like this is very... Um, I mean, not too Jim-like. Like, personally, you're talking about, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not the the vocal delivery is Jim. -like. Oh yeah, I'm just imagining Jim on the day. Like, I I don't see Tom and Rick and Zach Sitting watching yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, as Jim with the emotion that Jim has. Uh, um, I I just don't know if I could. I I'd have performance anxiety for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I can't help it, baby. This is. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you're right. There is so much uh, raw emotion in this one. 
Yeah. Uh, and then these last couple of lines here is, you kill me, you build me up, but just to watch me break. Hey, 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 hey. I know what I should do, but I just can't walk away. Uh, by letting this continue with who he is as a person, she's just setting him up to fall back down, and he needs to step away, but he just can't. He's he's so drawn in. Yeah. He's trying to talk himself out of it, yeah. Trying to, but he knows he's a weak yeah. man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, those are the lyrics. Here's what was written in the liner notes of the deluxe edition. Here's what Zach had to say. About midway through the writing process, I was in the studio late one night going over all the ideas we had so far on the computer. There was a session I found that had a few little scratch parts that Jim had put down. For some reason, there was a 30-second clip of the verse guitar part, and it grabbed me. That would be the... That would be the part I would assume that Zach heard on the Pro Tools session. Because we were amassing so many different song ideas, this one seemed to have fallen between the cracks and we never pursued it. Later, I showed the clip to Jim, jumped behind the drum kit, and we started just going over it. The band came up with a pretty cool instrumental version, but the song really came to life when Jim finished the lyrics and melody. Um, And I agree, like even Rick, the counter melody that he's playing to the guitar uh, the arpeggiated guitar uh, is uh, it's both counter and harmonic almost, you know, uh-huh. um, and it's really sick. So here's what Jim had to say. I always wanted to have a song with an identifiable verse and a chorus, but without repeating lyrics. Kill seemed to uh, like a good chance to try it. First, I tried to go with a chronological narrative, but that seemed too much to take in stepping away and listening. I found if I kept the rhyme scheme the same for the choruses and gave them a similar final line, then it wouldn't feel like being hit with something too wordy. And that's what Jim had to say about Kill. Um, can we talk about that hi-hat into the second verse? The one that goes... It's so sick. And I'm not the only person that thinks that. I found on the Facebook group, Michael Crisp on August 6th, 2020 says, and the award for best ever use of a hi-hat goes to, drum roll please, Zach for the lead into the second verse of Kill. Take a listen and tell me I'm wrong right before Jim says, I can picture your face well. Um, so I'm not the only person. That that little like and four is so sick. Yes. Oh yeah. Um, I've got ass cap information. Uh, you know, it exists. <laughs> um. I could give people like the ASCAP code and all that stuff. Oh yeah, man. License the song for something, I guess. <laughs> code me, baby. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. What, are, what what cool track notes did you come up they with? They also have a lot of references in mainly in the song meanings uh, to Catcher in the Rye. Did you come across oh, those? So no. I never read the book. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I, you know, I, I read I a lot of it through it. Every English teacher was like, Oh, you'll love this book, David. And I was like, I don't know. I read it. And he seemed like all like, he, he seemed like, um performatively angry like uh it's just like i don't know man i just don't buy your uh your misery holden uh right holden call Caulfield and jane gallagher yeah uh, and i didn't read it i read a lot of uh jonathan steinbeck or john steinbeck as as i know him right uh <laughs> you know him very intimately johnny steinbeck johnny stein what drew me into his stuff was the uh was because it was set in the Salinas Valley. So it was all in California. You can kind of oh. you can imagine where it was in, in Central California, in that area. So it, it allowed me to just get into that frame of mind. But with 
Catcher in the Rye, it was just one of those that I never even tried, attempted to read. I had other stuff that I was reading at the time. Uh, but what people were saying was it's almost like the relationship between Holden and Jane. Um, and this Catcher in the Rye, I had to look at what this was. You know, basically, it's a, it's a coming-of-age story involving sex and adolescence. And these two had a very confusing relationship because he actually liked her. I imagine that this kid was just kind of going around, you know, and, uh, sowing his wild oats. Uh, but then when Holden meets Jane, he realizes, oh, things are getting complicated now. Oh, and so th- there so was a couple. Miss pe- Bridges trying to tell me in English class. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, so <laughs> English teachers are so weird, man. Yeah, man. Uh, so th- there were a couple people people that said it uh, sounded like notes of Catcher in the Rye. Uh, one person, Raptor ninety eight, November twenty first, two thousand four, said in the Toronto concert, Jim said that this is his favorite song off. The Futures album. So even he has uh, uh, a certain type of love. That's a cool tidbit. Yeah, for this album. And you know he meant it. Uh, You can hear it in his voice, man. (laughs) You know what I realized also in doing my Mm. research was that how many times I had to put into the search, kill Jimmy. And I wondered if at (laughs) any point, I mean... (laughs) <laughs> they're starting to think uh, there's these two You're gentlemen across a snuff video <laughs> yeah. Be like... yeah luckily it figured out what i wanted because i'm uh you know i'm into music and google knows me too well <laughs> but i still had to put kill jimmy in there yeah uh oh there were let me see another track notes i got a couple of articles so i don't have any specific track notes that i wanted to go over but i sure, do have yeah, a couple of articles of... yeah yeah um uh, okay from the lantern uh there was a couple of articles that came out for their 10th anniversary tour one of them was from oh, okay. the lantern yeah, cool. which i want to say this one was already highlighted so i want to say we have uh we have referenced this article this is from rachel feely uh saying that marking the 10 year anniversary of the album futures jimmy Eat world played mostly songs from the album they started off or the show off with kill drugs are me and polaris among others i arrived at the show expecting to hear more songs i would recognize such as the middle but i was not disappointed by the set list um opening with kill is so yeah uh uh bizarre right right and i don't know i mean they said she, uh, she mentioned kill first so i had to assume that the show opened with kill um but even if it was in those first three songs still kind of um drugs are me and polaris don't seem like openers so well yeah it- <laughs> i uh, that is interesting because this was a futures this article came out during the futures 10 time but yeah there was that acoustic tour that they did in like oh five oh six uh We'll get to it at some point. Um, yeah, uh, maybe. No, oh, 2007. Um, uh, they played Chicago and we'll play this uh, clip, but they opened the show with Kill, but it was an acoustic set. Yeah. Um, so, but that's which could draw you in. Later, yeah. So. Which, which, uh, yeah. which is Jim has done before. Right. And then they'll go into the full band thing, which gosh, it's that. <laughs> yeah. But, although I do believe that was an acoustic tour. I'm not, I forget why. I forget why they did an acoustic tour in 2007. My bad. <laughs> And it, it was, uh, was it just Jim or was it the band? No, it was the band. Tom was there because um, he references Tom. I feel like it's full, so uh, Rick is there. We'll listen to that okay. performance and, and, and see, but yeah. Okay. Oh, sorry. I did not mean to digress you. Oh, no, no, no. And to... that was that was essentially it. Um, oh, the, the last couple of lines here that I'll say is I've pro- since we brought this up in this episode, I've probably listened to their music for 10 years Said Ariella Feldman, a first year food science graduate student at Ohio state. It's the first concert I've ever been to. So I'm excited. It's them. Feldman first heard of Jimmy world while watching one tree Hill and has been a fan uh-huh. ever since <laughs> she's a pro- self-proclaimed huge fan, 
even came by herself to the concert because she could not find anyone else to go with and did not want to miss the show. Okay, you parlaying us into another little bit. I have a little surprise for you. Returning to the pod, Justin, open up your email and play that audio clip that we received from our friend Linux, who has always talked about how much he loves One Tree Hill. And so when I saw this was on One Tree Hill, I said, hey, man, can you record a thing I can surprise Justin with tonight? And so he did. He emailed it over. Um, and uh, and I'm going to hear it live with you. His uh, sort of, uh, I don't remember if I asked him to do a recap of this specific One Tree Hill episode. But anyway, One Tree Hill content right here from <laughs> the man himself. All right. Linux, my man. All right. Let's see what he's got for us. I'm excited to hear this. So many guests on this episode. <laughs> this is a big one. Number 87. It's a very momentous occasion. <laughs> All right, so this is the uh, the Linux Jimmy Eat Pod One Tree Hill. Gather the kids around. It's recap. episode eighty seven. We're we're hitting all of the uh, the traditions here. Okay, here we go. This is a this is a nine minute uh, segment here. Oh oh shoot! All right, let's kick back and uh, yeah, awesome, sick. Here we go. That's my uh, fake news bulletin noise. <laughs> Yes. Uh, this is friend of the pod Linux or Jed uh, calling to serve in my capacity as your One Tree Hill correspondent. Um, so hello, David and Justin, my most excellent friends. Um, Hi. So I am here hey. to quickly summarize uh, episode uh, two. I, I'm sorry, episode three of season two of the pod's favorite WB or CW show, One Tree Hill. So, uh, this 2004 episode titled Near Wild Heaven, uh, which follows the uh, show's trend of naming episodes after pop songs, in this case, a song by Athens, Georgia band REM, is uh, one that is sort of a filler episode. Uh, kind of the transition between different uh, different sets of drama. So this is this uh, overall the show is very very much a teen drama, kind of in the in the vein of nine hundred two one zero, kind of a thing, but a little bit more updated and uh, WB friendly for uh, the early two thousands audience. So uh, this. 2004 episode features most of the cast of characters so um lucas scott who's the series narrator uh his stepbrother nathan who's kind of the bad boy uh their shared parent dan uh who's really serves as a series villains his wife deb um dan's high school fling and lucas's mom uh karen and then We've also got Dan's brother, Keith, who serves as sort of the nice uncle and mentor for Lucas. Uh, we've got Lucas's best friend, Haley, who is also Lucas's stepbrother's wife. Um, and they, yes, they're in high school, but they just got married. So a little bit odd there. And then it also features uh, Lucas's on again and off again girlfriend, Peyton Sawyer, who's sort of the artsy musical one. She later opens up a club in their hometown. Uh, that in fact features uh, Jimmy World playing. Talked a little bit more about that later. And then it finally features uh, Brooke, who is Lucas's other on again, off again girlfriend, and Peyton's 
best friend, um, and she's a little bit of a former party girl, rich party girl. So, uh, quite the cast of characters and quite the, uh, love triangles, <laughs> love quadrangles going on in the show. It's really good. If that hasn't convinced you, um, just give it a try. You know, you can really get all of your Jimmy Eat World, uh, fixes out of the show in the first couple seasons, uh, first two or three seasons. So worth a shot. So in this episode, um, we are kind of dealing with the fallouts or the follow-up of Nathan and Haley who are getting married. Um, Nathan's friend Tim insists on throwing a post-wedding bachelor party and Brooke decides to throw a wedding shower kind of bachelorette party for Haley who's normally sort of bookish a little bit of a prude. Um, And Lucas is trying to decide whether he should go visit um, his dad Dan who just recovered from some heart issues, some surgery, that sort of stuff, and try to repair their relationship. Um, Lucas's mom, Karen, is deciding whether or not to go back to school. Nathan's trying to get a job um, to help support uh, he and Haley's new relationship, new newlywed status. They've got an apartment, aren't with parents, so just trying to support that new life. Uh, I think in this episode, he's main source of employment is working at the pretzel stand at the mall so really really killing it there so in the episode the the boys sort of have what they think is going to be a wild bachelor party that really gets busted um they are hoping to have some strippers there and it gets busted by two female police officers who they one of them mistakes as the strippers for the party so classic some, you know, uh, three's company type hilarity ensues there um, when the real stripper shows up, you think that former bad boy Nathan is going to try to sleep with her, but it turns out he doesn't, and he's a faithful husband. Um, mm. And in the meantime, the supposedly reserved Haley has a bachelorette party that goes a little off the rails. They um, get her a fake ID. She uh, attends sort of a lingerie try-on fashion show. Uh, learns to or attempts to learn how to uh, do pole dancing and uh, ends up injuring herself pretty bad and gets pretty drunk um, so kind of the the roles of the parties are reversed a little bit from what you expect at the start of the episode and it's you know it's cute um, and also the episode sort of wraps up as uh, they're at the bachelorette party and uh, rich girl Brooke's credit cards start getting declined, so they have to end up washing dishes at the strip club uh, to help pay for their tab. <laughs> so um, as the episode is wrapping up is when you get to hear Kill by Jimmy Eat World, um, and they sort of do some of the closeout of the episode wrap-up things. So um, Dan While they're washing and Deb at the strip are trying club. Oh, to yeah. plot how to... Uh, and Nathan and Haley's relationship, trying to get them to break up. Lucas decides to support his mom's dream of going to college because she had him just out of high school. So he decides to start working at her cafe and support support her doing in that, uh, doing her college revisits. Um, Nathan begins uh, working at his dad's dealership under his uncle Keith, who's sort of the, again the nice uncle who really helped to mentor Lucas into being a good guy. Um, and then as Dan, again, sort of the, the series evil dude and, uh, Nathan and Lucas's dad arrives back at home. He 
uh, is surprised to see Lucas there as they try to work on their relationship. So that's sort of the, it's, it's really a filler episode, nothing too, too big there, unlike some other uh, series episodes that also feature Jimmy World songs. This one is a little bit more of a, uh, of one that you could skip, but I do recommend going ahead and watching the first couple seasons to get some good Jimmy at World fixes in there. They appear several times throughout the uh, season two and three, appearing in episodes 10, 22 uh, of season two, and episodes eight and nine of season three. Um, they appear actually on screen at the local club later, and they, I believe, play Work, Polaris, and Hear You Me. So that is sort of the wrap-up of this episode of One Tree Hill, again titled Near Wild Heaven, and is a season two, episode three. You can check it on Hulu if you'd like. Um, I think that's all for me. Uh, certainly, if you get a moment and would like to check out Jimmy Eat Wiki, would love to see people visit that. We've recently had some spam and vandalism on there, but uh, I think we've got yeah. everything back up and running and we're continuing to always add new sites and new information to the wiki so we'd encourage you to join us there and uh, i think i may be now one of the uh most frequently appearing guests of the show <laughs> um you know I, I i can't uh can't compete with the the dude who actually knows stuff about music but uh i figured oh. my shtick for being a podcast <laughs> could be having different uh, Bill and Ted quotes every episode. So since this is for the episode Kill, I thought I would um, quote from Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Uh, there's a, a portion where they are falling around the Grim Reaper and uh, Bill turns to Ted and says, Ted, don't fear the Reaper. And then he does his air guitar like, <laughs> so if you guys wanted to... Uh, edit in some air guitar noises so i sound slightly cooler that'd be awesome but uh thanks and uh be excellent to one another <laughs> i don't know so man tight. he sounded pretty good with his little <laughs> oh yeah that was sick oh man Thank i you, actually Jen. followed a lot of that wow that was great well you know what and i, I was uh i had that uh, video queued up and it's terrible like we go through <laughs> and we try to figure out what the hell's going on because we listen to that now we have a, a we have a, a clear a clear view of what was going on in the episode yeah, um, and who all those people are. It sounds like, uh, it sounds like Beverly Hills 90210 mixed with Saved by the Bell. That's what it sounds like. Wash, yeah, washing dishes to pay. Yeah, totally. Tab. That's that classic. I love Lucy. Trope. Uh, yep. Yep. <laughs> oh man, that was great. Okay. So sick. That covers our one tree Hill. Yes. Uh, uh, segment uh, with somebody who actually knows what they're talking about. So see, <laughs> he, he's like Paul who knows music. And he knows One Tree Hill and the TV shows that yeah. <laughs> the band is know on. Know your strengths. Uh, so tight. All right. All right. Sick. Okay. That was that article, which yes. brought up One Tree Hill, which got us yes. to Jed. What else? Uh, I got another one from the Columbia Tribune, uh, posted July 9th, 2015, uh, by Eric Danielson. And it's titled, From Mesa to the Rose, a Jim Adkins wish list. And this talks about a moment when... Uh, this is what he says. That said, I was intrigued by Atkins' announcement that he would be heading out on his own for a summer tour, a tour which brings mm -hmm. him to Rose Music Hall Tuesday. In a letter on his website, Atkins explains the excursion as a chance to break up the right tour, record tour, pull our heads together, and then write again cycle he and his band have followed since the early 1990s. Um, and this person 
has put together a wish list. And he goes, well, who knows what Adkins will decide to play, but the following is a wish list of Jimmy World Tunes. One Arizona boy would love to hear repurposed at Rose. I have selected one track per album, excluding EPs, split releases in the bands, now out of print 1994 debut. So um, their fourth track down, Kill from Futures 2004. The first half of this now decade-old record is practically flawless. A number of tracks, including Work and The World You Love, would get over in an intimate setting. Trying to settle on one song, I went to the demo versions featured on the album's extended edition and was reminded again why Kill might be the quintessential Jimmy Eat World song. It's quite, it's quiet verses and roaring refrains would afford Adkins the opportunity to turn on a dynamic dime. The tragic yet hopeful beauty of the bridge, there it is, and the gut punch mm. of the subsequent final verse on which Adkins sings, I can't help it, baby, this is who I am. Sorry, but I can't just go turn off how I feel. You kill me, you build me up just to watch me break. I know what I should do, but I just can't walk away. Would have a devastating appeal live. So that's what Eric Danielson, a uh, a native of Mesa, Arizona, had to say about the band. Nice. Uh, and lastly, I wanted to mention this. This was a uh, Craig Manning review posted October 11th, 2014. Um, this is on Chorus FM. And it's Love a- Craig. Yeah. It's a long read, but it's very much- a, a fan gushing about why this band and particularly this song means so much to them. And it just starts off with it. Him saying, has it really been 10 years? And the second paragraph here, I'll read that that much. And then you can go to check out this article on your own. If you want to read it in its entirety, the first track I heard from this record was kill. And it was like getting struck by lightning. I loved everything about it. I loved the emotion in Jim Adkins' voice. I loved the way the guitars just seemed to layer and build to infinity. I loved how the lyrics never repeated themselves, even in the chorus. And I loved how the words seemed to perfectly capture what I was feeling. I can't help it, baby. This is who I am. Sorry, but I can't just go turn off how I feel. Adkins sang in the final chorus. It was like someone was unlocking my brain and setting its contents to words and music, and it felt more enlightening than any class I'd ever taken or any book I'd ever read. And the rest of the article is very much in that same kind of uh, writing style, just just explaining how why this album means so much to him and how it really changed his life. So go ahead, do yourself a favor and read that. That is Craig, uh, Craig Manning's article. Uh, originally, I guess it was from, yeah, uh, October 11th, 2014. And he has the uh, the green bar highly recommended. Yes. This album. Absolutely. Uh, so that's what I got for um, for articles. Sick. I always forget to add um, uh, those reviews that Craig has done for Chorus FM to my uh, research template. So I'm yep. glad you got that. Yeah. All right. Sick. I got a couple other things here. Uh, one is I like to dig through their Twitter accounts and see uh what they've said about kill and actually not a whole lot um the the most apropos uh, uh content was november 5th 2019 so one of the last shows they played before uh quarantine uh wow thank you lincoln that was an amazing night we played recommit for the first time we played kill for the first time in a while you guys were awesome is tommy lee still on the nebraska drum line <laughs> um and uh yeah, that was the I, I guess I didn't realize that it kill had come out of their set list for a while with it being their 23rd most popular or most played track. Mm. Um, I mean, you got to make room for something, I guess. Right. <laughs> um, so that is Twitter. Um, 
uh, Jim had talked to Phoenix New Times about trying to write a song without repeating lines. Uh, Song Facts is a website I go to, and usually there's a link back to the sources that they're pulling from. But for some reason, there were a couple blurbs in there that didn't have sources. It was just information. Um, so they had a uh, one of which, which was interesting, is this sounds like more of a, a genius or song meanings thing. Uh, where it just says the singer is stuck in a situation where he's unable to express his love, presumably to a girl he's known for a long time who comes back to his life, but he's also unable to walk away. Um, and I'm like, okay. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, next is um, uh, they, they point out the uh, heat miser references. Um, and uh, this was, I did pull the top comment on song meetings, which had plus three. This is from December 12th, 2008 uh, by Jericho Rivage. This song reminds me of what I'm going through now because I like a girl and don't know how she feels toward me. But it's like this other person put it, basically. It's a variable, very beautiful song. So it's interesting that that person got upvoted, I guess, for going through a similar thing. Um, but then just <laughs> referenced somebody else's... Uh, uh, thing um consequence of sound had that article where they talk about how jimmy eat world a record is uh and what makes it so and so on futures they say the jewishness uh of futures is like all of kill from the title to the final refrain in chorus i loved you and i should have said it but tell me just what has it ever meant i can't help it baby this is who i am i'm sorry but i just can't go turn off how i feel you kill me you build me up it just to watch me break Lots of small ideas. So that was <laughs> how Ju- how Jimmy Eat World the record is. All the <laughs> lyrics of that song. Yeah. Um, and then they have a section called Lots of Small Ideas. Um, and they say, fittingly, Kill directly references Half Right, a hidden track from Elliot Smith's early band Heat Miser's 1996 album, Mike City Sons. I'd pick up it down the phone like your f- favorite Heat Miser song goes. It's just like being alone. So the- that's a uh, Lots of Small Ideas section. They talk about that reference. Um, dude. Get this. This is the only Jimmy Eat World song that starts with the letter K. Did you know that? No. I didn't either. I I, I saw Courtney Smith, uh, who we know from the Facebook group, had uh, she had been doing a, uh, you know, a rank the songs that all start with this letter of the alphabet. And she was going, going, going. And then uh, she just skipped to J. This was November 21st, 2020. This is the most simple poll we've had as there are only two songs. A note that there will be no K poll. Kill is the only K song. So I thought about adding it to this one, but I decided just to advance it to the next round. And I didn't realize that until I saw this. And then actually somebody added Jen, I think, because it was just Watch the Fireworks and just tonight. And then Jen made it in here. Uh, I'll bet you Shayna voted for it. I, I want to see who voted for uh, three other people. Uh, no, I don't see Shayna in here. Stephen Brand voted for Jen, though, um, uh, in the J section. So anyway, uh, that is uh, that is kind of an interesting bit of trivia. The only Jimmy Eat World song that starts with the letter K. Um, definitely not the only one that mentions killing no. uh, or kill, but um, okay. And so uh, it wins by default. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, okay. This was very cool to watch on the Facebook group during quarantine. They did something called fan focus um, where a bunch of fans in the Facebook group chose a song that they wanted to sit there and talk about. And, finally we've hit a song that had a fan focus done for it oh good um this was done by austin dinges now 
Austin does a cover of the song at the beginning that will play in the cover section. Um, and he sort of goes on and on about the uh, things um, on the uh, track that we've already sort of covered here. Um, but there was one interesting thing. We sort of like danced around Elliot Smith's uh, uh, death um, on our half, half right, half rights uh, uh, episode. But I wanted to say, uh, I wanted Austin to talk about it since we're talking about Elliot Smith again on this one. Um, he puts it in a very interesting uh, way um, that I found to be respectful. Um, so I'm sending you a direct link. And I've got a timestamp that you can jump to. Uh, if you jump to 11 minutes, 30 seconds, we can hear Austin Dinges talk about Elliot Smith's death and um, uh, and how it relates to... Uh, how, he sort of ties it in with the song. Okay. Lots of guests. The thing about Elliot Smith is that um, his demons eventually caught up to him. Uh, he actually killed himself in 2004. Um in this crazy circumstance where he actually died of a blunt force trying to, uh, you know, stab his heart out. So I always thought that was the craziest thing is that that's what, you know, there's, there's some controversy as to whether or not there's a Courtney Love situation there um, type situation. But uh, I just thought that was super cool that they threw in that, that reference. And then, you know, lo and behold, a couple of years later, they do a heat miser cover. So that was a little, little side part right there. I, I just, I like that little wink. I thought it was super cool. Um, and it goes right in the chorus, and then that, that divinity almost comes right back. So, yeah, that, that kind of covers okay. a little bit uh, about uh, – because, uh, yeah, the 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 trying to cut your heart out portion I found a little more poetic than he Jeez. stabbed himself in the heart. But, yeah. Um, it, it was pretty violent, like, uh, yeah. reading about that. So, um, And lastly, and we will go into a lot more on the uh, – with the guest of the pod, um, but there is a book – called Rock Bottom at the Renaissance, an emo kid's journey through falling in and out of love in and with New York City. Um, it's kind of being heralded as a mixtape memoir, um, and it's written by this guy, Mike Henneberger. Um, he is an Emmy Award-winning producer for some work he did with Comedy Central. He's been a music journalist for Rolling Stone, Billboard, Spin, The Vent, many others. Uh, and he'll be on the episode to sort of talk about his book. Specifically, each chapter is soundtracked by a song and titled a song. So the first chapter is 23 and the 14th chapter is Kill. So uh, we didn't know about the book when we did the 23 episode. This book came out in August of last year. Yeah. Uh, September 1st, 2020. Um, and uh, I don't know, somehow it was only on my radar a couple months ago, I guess because the audiobook read by Tyler Posey came out. And the big thing about this was that Mike was able to get the Phoenix Sessions audio to be used in his mixtape memoir audiobook version. Um, anyway, it's a really, really cool project. Um, and uh, we'll hear a lot more of that. But I did yeah. want to touch on that here mid-episode. Awesome. Uh, knowing that we will dig more into it. And the soundtrack on the book is great. It's got The Dangerous Summer, Jimmy Eat World, Bright Eyes, The Wonder Years, Death Cab, uh, Mayday Parade, Two-Door Cinema Club, a uh, bunch of other bands. Uh, Alkaline Trio's on there. Um, uh, it's a really interesting 
cool project. It, <laughs> in a way, it reminds me of the playlist I have on Apple Music called Songs to Play at My Funeral. Or <laughs> when I pass away, somebody could say, hey, what are we going to play at his funeral? And somebody can say, oh, well, it looks like he has a playlist here called Songs to Play at My Funeral. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I guess that is solved for us. So it's very much along those same lines. So, you know, if you want to be depressed. Um, so this is uh, the guy who did the audiobook is an actor. His name's Tyler Posey, and he's from the show Teen Wolf. He's also there's a Netflix show called Alone that Tyler Posey is on. Um, but the coolest part I like about this clip uh, is Tyler specifically talks about how much he loves Jimmy Eat World, how he discovered Jimmy Eat World and stuff like that. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, and so we can let's do a little bit of this. All right. I always will have a huge place in my heart for Jimmy World. I always will have a huge place in my heart for Jimmy World. Tell me about like the bands, like your connections, like some of the bands in here. Like uh, you say, you you told us you love Bayside, but uh, I love Bayside. Um, who else do you like connect with in here? Like, what do you? What are, pretty much all of them, dude. Jimmy Eat World, Atticus, which is what we were talking about yeah. the other day. They came out with a DVD called Riding in Bands with Boys, and that was my staple for life when I was a kid. I wanted to be, and it's like it follows this band, Cut You Up, who goes on tour with Blink One Eighty Two and Green Day on the Pop Disaster tour. Oh yeah, yeah. In like two thousand two, and um, I just fell in love with this DVD and Jimmy Eat World is on the tour with them. And Jimmy Eat World was the, was it the first? I went to see Green Day play when I was like 12 years old and Jimmy Eat World opened up for them along with Flogging Molly, I'm pretty sure. And it was just the raddest, it was like my first real experience as a, at a punk concert. You yeah. know? And then like I went to Warped Tour like two years later and then just started getting fucking crazy with punk. Um, but that was like, they were like part of my first introduction to the punk world. And so that's that I love. I always will have a huge place in my heart for Jimmy World. Track 14. So we'll hear more about track 14 later. Yeah. Uh, Mike actually cut a little bit of a chapter that we could play on the uh, show. So that'll be tight. Um, but I thought it was cool hearing Tyler Posey outside of the book narration. Specifically yeah. talk about his relationship with Jimmy World. And talking about writing in vans with boys with starring previous guest of the pod, Chris Cote. Oh, yeah. Um, cut you up, cut baby. You up. <laughs> uh so um do you have anything else before we get into community stuff i do not man sick that was we're it. only just over an hour and we're getting into community stuff look Hell at yeah. us moving along yeah um, efficiency wise guy um who is on the music reddit uh posting uh if you're not familiar with jimmy Eat world these are the songs you should check out here's what he had to say about kill kill is one of jimmy Eat world's first forays into acoustic guitar driven ballads and they do a great job with this one the harmonies and guitar leads are soaring and the lyrics are emotionally deep uh so that is what I, wise guy um has to say to people that are unfamiliar with uh jimmy Eat world what do you got from community so uh i got a couple of a few things from Reddit, the the Jimmy World subreddit. Uh, oh. One titled "Which is better, work or kill?" Yeah, right. By Bro, can we get L R O T N O G? <laughs> we talked about this guy. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if we talked about. Did we figure out, out what the acronym meant? Bo, bro, bro, can we get Larong? I don't know. Yeah. Right. So remember how on uh, Friday I think I said I'm wa I <laughs> starting research 
and I'm watch I'm now watching uh, a ride along of basically a roller coaster at Six Flags Magic Mountain. Oh yeah. Okay. So L R O T N O G actually stands for Last Ride of the Night on Goliath. What? Yeah. Weird, right? Like it's it's it. So That's, it's bro. Can we get bro? Can we get last, last ride of the night on Goliath? Yeah. Interesting. I, yeah. You look I like it Goliath. Up. That's a good roller coaster. Yeah. So I I hadn't been on Goliath, but I did the I <laughs> I did the, it was a 60 frames per second yeah. ride along. So it was a little bit more realistic. Um, uh-huh. it, strange. I had Should it on I full rip screen. It and put Dude, I got, kill behind it? <laughs> I got the butter. So looking up, you know how you look up? I, 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 my body naturally looked up. So oh, nice. Anticipating. I, you know how you're trying to pull your head forward because of the yeah. weight. All right. And then the moment that it crested the top and went down, it wasn't very bad. You know, it wasn't like I was in VR, but I definitely got a little sensation in my stomach like, <laughs> oh, it's time to go down. But very intense. Um, not a huge fan of roller coasters. I'd still go on them. Uh, I'd like to try Goliath. You say it's nice. It, there's a lot of people that say it's the At greatest At one time, coaster. I think when it was built, it was the tallest, fastest, longest roller coaster, I think. That sounds about right. Yeah. It was like something like 2004, I think they... they... Yeah. And I think... Um, uh, uh, I would assume nothing has changed with the ride since it opened, but I yeah. believe a lot of people pass out during the last like kind of corkscrew, <laughs> not corkscrew because it doesn't go upside down that roller coaster, but there's a uh, like a like a round uh, a roundabout thing that it does. It, it turns around a couple times. It's going so fast that uh, it's like I you get the G force. Yeah, just yeah, too much for some people, and lots of people pass out at that part. <laughs> but it's good. It's a classic. Like you know, it's your classic steel type roller coaster yeah and it doesn't go upside down it's just all about speed and yeah. length it's all about <laughs> jesus <laughs> yeah baby and c17 to x it's not wednesday yet man. <laughs> okay hell yeah okay so um, anyway uh this this person says this is very important i've always felt these two songs go hand in hand are very similar and are very similar i can never decide which i prefer uh, I know there are going to be a bunch of comments like, I don't rank songs, I just enjoy them, or they're too good to decide, whatever. I don't care. I just want to hear if there's a consensus or not. And Pebble Swift comes out swinging uh, right away. People generally generally like Kill. Both are great. Kill has better written guitars, vocals, lyrics, songwriting, everything. The solo in work is killer, but it just doesn't have the special something that Kill does. I I like Kill. I'm sorry. I, I like work. I've covered work, but I don't, I don't think it, it's in the same category as Kill. Kill is like one of those songs yeah, where you absolutely. listen to Kill and you yeah. go, that? That's it. This is the song. Yeah. And Work is like, oh, it's a cool single. Work is fine. Work, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's so funny. For some reason, the singles are like album tracks to me. And the album tracks are like the goat <laughs> for Jimmy <laughs> World. Yeah, right? <laughs> and uh, yeah, you do a search for Kill and Kill shows up in the, I don't know how many comments are here, 32 times. Yeah. So Kill is... Um, Kill has enjoyed mucho by the people in this thread here. That was from nine months ago. Uh, now, did you did you read some of the comments that were in this thread? Let's see. Um, There's one of my favorite threads in this comment thread. Uh, okay, do you have it Angela up? Angela likes boys. <laughs> did you find Angela likes boys uh, comment? She has. Okay, she's got yeah, takes. It's, it's it's a it's a lengthy one, right? Yeah, so, it's great. And I love it so much. So this is not the Angela from the Discord like I attributed it to right. <laughs> like five or six episodes ago. But Angela Likes Boys, staple on the Reddit. Absolutely love Angela Likes Boys. Okay. Uh, go ahead and give her thing a read. Okay, here we go. 
Um, I have to say, this never ceases to floor me. Work is a great song. Not a top 10, say 25 even, but just really good, solid, emotional, catchy. One of their best singles. Kill is their worst song that's not on album called Chase This Light or Damage. It's almost cringingly bad. Unappealing melody, overly emo-y lyrics, irritating vocal delivery, both the lead and background vocals, which is quite a feat considering that's usually one of their strongest suits. I never <laughs> skip tracks, and I'm tempted to every time I listen to the otherwise perfect futures. And yet, y'all love it. Not just like <laughs> it, love it. Describe it with the same breathless reverence you have for so some of their absolutely godlike songs. It seriously baffles the shit out of me. Feels like fanboying fangirling even the many songs i hate from those lesser albums don't annoy me the way kill does it's just the fucking worst the only other songs among clarity bleed american um, <laughs> futures invented integrity blues and surviving that turn me off on this level are um oh my gosh these acronyms here uh with a n a a uh yeah i don't know what that one is uh gbsb and get right yeah so it's funny because I found that right. And there's so many comments and Angela likes boys just comes back like ha like stands their ground. Absolutely. So great. I'm researching. Right. And yeah. I go into from four months ago, futures live stream song performances ranked. And I didn't look to see who it was. It was just a ranking for 23 at the top kill at the bottom. And uh cautioner 86 says, why was kill last for you? I'm not even sure I could put one last TBH <laughs> and Angela likes boys jumps in there. I strongly dislike it in general. <laughs> it's so good. So I look, and of course the ranking is Angela likes boys ranking of the future's live stream. So I comment today, four months later, your disdain for the song is so fucking great. I'm thoroughly enjoying finding you dragging it in all these threads. <laughs> and Angela likes boys responds seven hours ago. I don't know why, but this really irks me. And I respond, I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> Steadfast in her. Oh, um, man. In her feel for this. I song. love it. Yeah. I absolutely love it. Especially, I'm glad you like, it that. makes it interesting. Like, I stopped. I just wrote, no shortage of this being up there as a fan favorite because that's not interesting. Like, it's everybody's fan favorite. Um, but her takes are interesting and they're so well written. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Very well written. So I I loved that. Unless there were any other parts of that thread that you wanted to read. I think it's I think it's worth a search. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now we've got a couple more that I came across. Um, oh, this one I liked here. So in oh, where is it? Kill. OK, so it was survive. And this was, I guess, it's tagged surviving by blah. Uh, five 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 slash kill. I'm not sure if this will yes. resonate with anyone else, but I feel like five 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 can function as an almost mirror image sequel to Kill. Kill is about the phone call you know you shouldn't make but desperately want to anyway, trying to salvage a relationship that's deeply broken but that you can't let go of. Five 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 is what happens when you finally do make the call, only to find that there was never anyone there on the other end to begin with. That's so tight. To me, these are both songs about God, but I think you could make this framework work in a lot of different ways. I love, and this is why I, I liked this whole comment thread, was the top comment, Spiderweb44. For me, their symbiotic relationship is anchored in the reality that they both kick ass. Yeah. Totally made me think of Nib High School, Nib Football Rules, man. Yeah. Nib High Football <laughs> Rules. San Davis High School Football Rules. Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah. So anyway, thank you, Spiderweb44, um, <laughs> for for changing that. But it, it is a good question to pose. Like, do they relate? They very well could. I don't think they do. I um, don't think so. But I think that's deep as shit, and I oh, love yeah. the connection that was made. Oh yeah, very nice. And thank you, Spiderweb44, for taking us yeah. back out. <laughs> And blog goes into more detail later that I think is uh, posted for people to read, but I don't feel that we should yeah. be reading it. But there's some yeah. great information and uh, uh, more uh, on why those connections were made that yeah. I thought were pretty dope. Um, uh, somebody else agrees that this is one of the best, best bridges. This is, uh, I'm going to butcher the name. Nope. I'm not. Cameron <laughs> Jester says, Jimmy Eat World are the kings of the bridge. What's your favorite bridge? And then, of course, there's a bunch of pictures of bridges. Um, but uh, specifically, who was it? This was why I was going to mess up. The Jesse Visay um, agreed that Kill was one of the best bridges. Um, and I concur. Mm-hmm. Um Oh, the Lisa Simpson meme came up in my research. The one where you start a song over because it didn't hurt you bad enough uh, the first time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that is uh, uh, very appropriate for this song, for sure. Uh, this was a good one. You know me. I love my cold weather, rainy day weather song. So Jonathan Lee had posed the question on the Facebook group April 26th. It's raining out here today. So I've been thinking, what's a good rainy day Jimmy Eat World song? And Jenna Louise says, kill. Um and I can see that for sure, yeah. especially with the uh, bridge. I think that uh, the, the bridge goes down like a nice warm cup of cocoa. Oh, yeah. Um, it played in the uh, uh, let's go backwards. 2017 Survivor. It placed third on futures. Um, 2018 Survivor. It placed second. Um, the best of the best Survivor in 2017. It placed third in the best of the best. And in 2019, it was out in round 22, which put it in third place again. So third place overall, according to the Reddit, two years running. Um, so I thought that was kind of cool. Um, Uprox is a publication. They did, a, I think this was before the Phoenix Sessions or whatever. Um, they did a top 30 Jimmy Eat World songs. And this plays pretty much right in the middle, number 16. And here's what they had to say. By a quite comfortable margin futures stands as Jimmy eat world's angriest album. I don't know if I would have said that. Yeah. Um, it's sharp edges owing as much to Gil Norton's diamond cut production as it's terse song titles were both ellipses where both ellipses just tonight, dot, 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 and compactions, nothing wrong. Uh, manage to uphold the lurking unknown menace. Kill is where Atkins' internal seething finally finds a release valve, a hotel bar lament by uh, <laughs> the diction, the the sentence structure here is so confusing. A hotel bar lament by turns accusatory, embarrassed, emasculated, enraged, and in one perfect line, completely in earnest. He who has not used sorry but i just can't turn off how i feel as a live journal status cast the first stone (laughs) cause of death pelted by stones (laughs) uh kill serves its subject by mirroring the way drunken emails or texts to the one who got away typically go painstakingly rehearsed before it all comes spilling out a rare jimmy eat world song where there's still a verse chorus bridge structure but none of the lyrics repeat except for one. I know what I should do, but I just can't walk away. Adkins sighs as kill fades out. 
resigned to the inevitability of being in the crosshairs once again. So that was very wordy. But, yeah, wow. Uh, uh, respect, respect, Uprocks. Um, Jake T. O'Donnell. This is in his top 20. Where do you think it landed? Ooh, top 20. I'm going to say, I'm going to go high with this one. Let's go eight. 11. Okay, I'll uh, take it. Kill. Uh, uh, of the vaunted... That's a word I don't know. Vaunted. Look up vaunted. Uh, why can't I? There we go. Praised or boasted about, especially in an excessive way. Of the vaunted Futures fans' favorites, I feel like Kill gets the least love. Maybe that's because I have an inflated opinion of it compared to some. But it checks so many of the boxes of things I want from a phenomenal Jimmy Eat World song. Lyrics of longing and heartache against a cheer a cheery sounding musical background, acoustic and electric guitar melodies, a driving rhythm, and even an Elliott Smith reference. I'm st- skipping. Uh, the guys would go on and cover that exact song for Stay on My Side tonight. But unlike almost every Jimmy Eat World song, Kill doesn't really have a chorus, unless you count the I know what I should do, but I just can't walk away at the end of several of the verses. That goes to show just how much Jim wanted to get across on Kill. The song is packed to the gills with tormented feelings of love, lost, and the confusing fallout from giving yourself over to someone and not having it turn out the way you intended. In the breakdown, after seeing his beloved's face in the mirror of his hotel bar, his he's despondent and feeling hopeless. All the while, the music keeps building and building with more and more drama. The way the instruments drive during that last verse is just spellbinding. Also, during senior year of college, I used this song for an English assignment where we were supposed to analyze a popular song's lyrics and compare it to love poems of the Victorian era. I got an A because Jimmy World has never steered me wrong. <laughs> so that was Jake T. O'Donnell's number 11. And that's it all I have for community. All right, man. People like the song. They do. Um, I'm trying to see before we get into covers. Oh, let's talk about these live videos and recordings. Yeah. Here is a fishy recording. I am saying jump to 231 here. Oh, I know why. <laughs> jump to two. 31. I'm sending you a direct link to this fishy recording. A lot of grit in that uh, oh god yeah there. it's it's a little more plotting um but i love tom singing those lower harmonies yeah that's tight um so here is a little bit of that 2007 show i was talking about where they opened with kill it was like an acoustic tour or something um that i'm sure we've talked about before um but uh because it was the only thing that came up here this is another fishy recording kill okay. opening a 2007 show in chicago Classic. (laughs) 
It's beautiful. <laughs> uh, so up next, uh, jumping to 2013, when they played it at the iTunes sessions. Okay, let's check this one out. Well, you just across the street. Change it up a little bit too. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, really sick. Really dry. I felt like. Uh, yeah. I felt like uh, there. Uh, the way it was recorded was all in the room and together yes. at the same time. Uh, not at a live show, so it was a really uh, controlled environment. Um, and last, I couldn't tell you where I got this one, but this is just a a, a more recent performance of Kill. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Will it just across the street? Looks a mile to not be. I wanna go to you. Oh, yeah, they threw it in there. Let's listen for that hi-hat, man. 
Yeah, man. <laughs> uh. Woo! Man. So sick. That reminds me, though, we didn't go and listen to those demos. So two demos. There's the Trombino demo and then the band's demo. Yes, I have both and at up. one point, we figured out which came first, and I've already forgotten. <laughs> let's let's call it trombino and then demo two yeah so fair enough. uh first we'll listen to i like going through the hi-hat part so let's listen to that yeah through the through the first verse here's the trombino demo and i believe the source of this is uh from the old boards these found their way okay well you're just across the Nice and clean for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, all right, sick. So that's the Trombino demo. Let's mm. listen to the band demo of Kill. Will you just across the street? Looks a mile to And that's right. And that one doesn't have the driving drums in the second verse. It just kind of continues with that, like uh, that sort of double tap bop, version. Bop, yeah, yeah. Of the verse. Um, so, yeah. I'm glad I changed that up. Yeah. So, again, this is going to be a long one. We're going to start slowly making our way into the cover section. But before we get there, I have a couple treats. One is Nightcore. Yeah, man. So, here's a little Nightcore for you in Watch Together. Just across the street, looks a mile to my feet. I want to go to 
Ah, love it. That sounded great. Mm-hmm. Snake or what are you going to do? Uh, Justin, can you fire up text-to-speech? Oh, yeah, man. Because Megan Golding has blessed us. And what I found funny is it, I don't know, it's the closest I think Megan Golding has ever sounded like the original song. Oh, really? Yeah. So okay. Now, Let last time we ready. did Megan Golding, uh, we only got about a minute, right? Yeah, I don't think it was a long video. Okay. Well, uh, I'll see how far we can get because I want to see okay. if I can get to a specific line here. All right, ready? Uh, I'll bet. Yeah. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> 206. Well, you're just across the street. Looks a mile to my feet. I want to go to you. Funny how I'm nervous still. I've always been the easy kill. I guess I always will. Could it be that everything goes round by chance? Or only one way that it was always meant to be? You kill me, you always know the perfect thing to say. Hey, 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 hey. I know what I should do, but I just can't walk away. I can picture your face well from the bar in my hotel. I wish I'd go to you. I'll pick up, put down the phone. Like your favorite heat miser song goes. It's just like being alone. Oh God, please don't tell me this has been in vain. I need answers for what all the waiting I've done means. You kill me, you've got some nerve but can't face your mistakes. Hey, 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 hey. I know what I should do, but I just can't turn away. Beautiful. That is beautiful. Brought a tear to my eye. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Megan Golding. Oh, yeah. And lastly, we we don't have to watch more than a couple seconds of this, and it's just the song. But if I told you Suicide Clown, does that mean anything? No, no. Okay. Crap Productions uploaded this video and i thought it was a fan-made video so i set it to the side and all that stuff and then i realized it's just this one shot of a clown doll hung from a blade of a ceiling fan just spinning while the song plays it's art high art (laughs) just this that's it for three minutes 42 seconds will you just across the street so there it is. <laughs> it's just strapped to one of the five blades, right? That's yep. it. Yep. That's it. Slow. It's on. It's not even on high. That's on low speed. Yep. It's mesmerizing. <laughs> <laughs> As a dad, if you walk in and the kids have hung something from the ceiling fan and turned it on, are you saying anything? Are you laughing with them? What are you doing? It depends. It depends on. Uh, I'm going to laugh first. Um, yeah. Then I'm going to have to stop. I think on low speed, it's fine. If it's like on high speed and the fans going all cattywampus, then yeah. you got problems. Yeah, Lindsay's brother did a uh, a jump rope to his and then turned it on full blast. So you just hear oh that. Can God. you imagine being a parent and hearing flap, 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 flap? <laughs> you know, and you'd come in there and the, the shit has literally hit the fan. I guess not <laughs> literally, but you know, it was just yeah. going, it went to shit. So yeah. Oh man. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so you've got a couple more David Jimmy Pod originals. Do you want to go David makes the band or do you want to hear all the acoustic covers? I want to hear you making the band. Okay. So I took all the play alongs. I put them all together like I do. 
Uh, there's only one person I didn't fit in there. And I actually think I found a drummer. I didn't fit in there, but there are already six drummers <laughs> on this, uh, on this video. So what I have done in the past is usually I'll, I'll mix them all together and then I'll do an edit where I cut to different people as they're playing and stuff like that. And for some reason, I, I remember the last time I did this, I was like, why don't I just do a big split screen thing? Well, because it's a lot more work that way. I should have just done the edit, but I thought it came out pretty cool. This is, uh, I didn't separate everybody this uh, as well as I should have, but I'm going to go ahead and go down the YouTube channels of people I'm uh, that are in it and try to tell you what they're doing. So Jake okay. Harris is singing. Massey Coopers is playing acoustic guitar. Scott McCraggles is singing. William Donchu is playing drums. Abby MMFSA is playing drums. Thor's BP182 is playing drums. Chances Are Limited is playing drums. Backwards Bass is playing bass. Nick Jesperson is playing guitar. The Drumma, with an H at the end, is playing drums. Uh, Louis Cruz, I think, did not make this edit because he's in the Kusti piece okay. that we'll play after this. Um, Derby1010 is playing drums. My Savior is playing drums. And Lisa Vitello is singing. So all of these people, I have made a big split screen canvas of uh, of things uh, happening. And I did my best to mix it down a little bit. For the most part, I kind of feel like the Jimmy Eat World track just kind of bleeds through a little bit more than it normally does here. Uh -huh. uh, and I think having six drummers isn't helping. So <laughs> let's okay. take a listen. Uh, let's see how far into it we can get. Okay. And, uh, yeah. Here we go. Kind of fun watching all the drummers. 
Well, I gotta let it go through the, the bridge now. David. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, I got a, cu- a couple of things to say. Um, I had it cranked so high on my end that I didn't hear a word that you said throughout that. So I'm going to have to listen live to what totally your commentary fine. was. This was so well done. I can't wait till people can see this. Um, how, <laughs> Thanks, man. Not, yeah, not, and, and the editing is great. The, the fade outs at the end are just like perfect. Uh, but also just seeing all of these musicians getting into it at once and singing with their hearts and the emotion in it. It's a beautiful thing. The whole thing. Amazing, man. Thanks, man. Wow. Wow. Okay. So next is something I'm calling Kill (laughs) Coosty. And I have a little sting I want you to play going into Kill Coosty. Okay. uh, Called Kill Sting. (laughs) All right. So I'm going to hit that before I play the... (laughs) Yeah. Here we go. So... That is from the AFI song called Kill Caustic. Okay. <laughs> um, and that might come back later. All right. <laughs> but when I typed out Kill Kusti and I found me doing my community research, somebody had posted Jim playing Kill Acoustic. And I was like, I commented, I thought you had posted a video of Jim playing Kill Caustic by AFI, <laughs> which would have been absolutely incredible. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so Kill Kusti with that sting. All right. We can listen to kill Kusti, and this has i've i've credited every youtube channel uh that sourced the videos now kill Kusti is every acoustic video i could find and i think i had the reason this is called kill Kusti one is because i found two more <laughs> after i'd exported the video <laughs> so uh, uh this one i do my cut to the next person everybody's full screen except for one little part um and because they're all playing at different tempos i literally gave each person a bar or two okay so you hear a bar of each person's and i was so glad it timed out just about perfectly (laughs) (laughs) okay i got all the acoustic covers in one video and they all fit with as much time as i allotted man 
You have been working so hard behind the scenes this last <laughs> last few days. I feel like I'm just sitting there. I did my research on Thursday afternoon, Friday morning, and I'm like, you know, I'm just sitting there twiddling my thumbs. And then you're like, okay, I'm ready. I'm, I got these cuts. Here's the grid that I'm using. You're sharing it on the on the Discord, <laughs> showing everyone the progress you're making. And I'm like, damn, man, yeah. put a little more time into this. So, and this has one of the dumbest things I've ever spent time on for the pod in the middle of it. So, uh, okay, let's go ahead and hit play. Here we go. Um, okay, so I've never um, done a cover before, but I'm just going to try it, so... Uh, playing a song by Jimmy Eat World called Kill. Uh, like it a lot. Here we go. <laughs> I'm going to play Kill by Jimmy Eat World. Here's Kill by Jimmy Eat World. This is Kill by Jimmy Eat World. This is Kill.
So everyone so got a cameo is. in this, huh? I think it. Uh, what was that? Everyone got a cameo, but the two new ones you came across. No, I included the two new ones. I came. Oh, okay. Across. Oh. <laughs> uh, I think I ended up pulling like somebody had an acoustic cover that didn't have like video on it. It was just like a title or something. Uh huh. So I I pulled them to fit them fit the other ones in that were on screen. Um, but uh, yeah, and then <laughs> the oh god shows everybody that you had seen up to that point on one screen saying oh god at the same time and then i even extended it out a couple more frames i tried to make it i tried to really embellish it and play it for like two seconds and you just couldn't even hear what they were saying so i expanded it a few frames just to just to slow it down and get them all timed out uh uh, and kind of embellish because i spent so long on the grid and lining everybody up and sizing everybody down for at the moment it was 18 frames of content yeah <laughs> wow just saying oh god so i yeah. think i extended them to 22 frames or something like that <laughs> so that is all the acoustic covers oh man you knocked them out in one video look at that uh, so kill kusti um is what that is called uh okay that is not to say that I still don't have a ridiculous long <laughs> thing of acoustic covers that I'm just not going to get to. They're in the show notes. If you're on Patreon, you can yeah. find them all. I want to focus on the other ones that we found. What are some of your favorites that you found? All right. I had marked four, five, six, seven, eight, nine greenlit. I'm going to go with, I really liked, and you featured her in there, was the... Uh, the Tammy Black Media, that account. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. I thought hers was good because she did the a thicker, uh, thicker, <laughs> a finger picking style, and her voice was very pretty. Yeah, I liked hers. Very, it was a uh, countryish, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Did you want to listen to hers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Here we go. Well, you're just across the street Looks a mile to my feet I want to go to you Funny how I'm nervous still I've always been the easy kill I guess I always will Could it be that everything goes round by chance? Or only one way that it was always meant to be? You kill me, you always know the perfect thing to say. Hey, 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 I know what I should do. Just can't walk away Ah, oh, man. Very good. Very pretty. It looks like she, maybe she's got some uke videos, too. Yeah? Yeah. yeah that was Tammy Sick. Black Media. Yeah. How many do well, you want me to was... pick from? I got a couple that I would go through. I, I mean, here's the thing is, I was going to kind of go through all the ones that weren't in the uh the ones that i made okay you know what i mean 
Okay. Um, well, so like, I, I mean, you did have her bands. in the Kusi one. I don't yeah. think you had these guys. And I, I, I picked a couple that were um, not in the same rock style. Like this one. This one's a reggae rock style. This is okay. from Stowery. I liked this one. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I don't even have them in my list anywhere. Oh, I recognize this thumbnail though. Why did I? sound like hiree man i like it yeah it was tight they're called I, I recognize the thumbnail but i i think when i was organizing my uh links after the fact the thumbnail doesn't scream cover band so i was like oh i don't know this is probably an acoustic cover or something okay yeah it um it threw me off too but um i i'm glad i stayed for the uh when, when they got into it so since yeah, we're man. on that since we're on that that reggae sound i do have this one this is from soja this is uh Oh yes, yes soldiers yes. of jaw army, and this is a cool one. This is one I had listed as a, a pro level uh, cover here. Me too. <laughs> Should do what I just can't 
a different spin on it, man. Yeah, totally. You yeah. know what's funny is I thought somebody did a cover of the Soja cover. Uh-huh. And it's in the acoustic mashup oh, yeah? I did, except it's just that version. So uh somebody must have uploaded their own video although there were <laughs> i think i even made a note i was like did you find the soja cover because there was like 17 different versions yeah, on youtube right um yeah. so i must have found an 18th version <laughs> <laughs> um oh i wanted to do this one real quick uh yeah uh yeah that facebook uh link i had sent you yeah. um uh because he, at the beginning of his uh deep dive he does a cover of it so i thought we could listen to a little bit of his cover and I made a note here that it starts at 143. Okay. Virginia World Song. So thank you for tuning in if you're tuned in. Appreciate it. Well, you're just across the street. Looks like to my feet. I wanna go to you. Funny how I'm married still. I've always been the easy kill. I guess I always will. Could it be that everything goes well by chance? And sort of one way that was always meant to be. You kill me, always know the perfect thing to say. Baby, 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 I know what I should do, but I just can't stop and uh, Austin's comment, holy balls, my laptop mic is god awful. Song sounded miserable, lol. <laughs> yeah. And then your comments. Yeah, I, so good, yes, baby. It was a Facebook Live that we were yeah. all doing during quarantine and stuff yeah. like that. Will you jump real quick? Because I wanted to play this. He talks about uh, uh, how uh, this is his second favorite Jimmy Eat World song. We heard the tail end of him mentioning it there. But uh, if you jump to 1715, uh, as he's wrapping up his video, he kind of talks about okay. the song. Yeah. Perfectly. I thought it was great. Um, like I said before, this is my second favorite Jimmy World song. Uh, you know, Sweetness is always going to be the number one because that's a song that uh, really opened the door and got me into it. And I just think it's probably the most perfect pop song ever written. But this song just always, instead, like it always gets me kind of caught up in the philosophy of things and, and just different stuff because it's kind of up in the air with it. Um, so that's that's me doing Kill there. Um, there it is. I'm definitely uh, oh, open man. to... Uh, he and I share some uh, similar viewpoints on their songs, huh? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, sick. Oh, um, did you see this Speak Low If You Speak Love cover? I had it next yeah. to Professional because it was either really good or is professional. I couldn't I couldn't tell. It's a SoundCloud link. No, I didn't. You know, what? I didn't even make it. Uh, I, I got one song from SoundCloud. Yeah, I know. But... It's so crazy. Um, here, let's listen to this real quick. Speak low if you speak love. Kill by Jimmy Eat World. It's a pure noise records. That's why I was like, oh, I know, I've heard of pure noise, so that must be a thing. Maybe it's a professional cover. Here we go. Well, you just across the street, looks a mile to my feet. Man, Rega fans I love this song, huh? Yeah. How I'm nervous 
So good. Yeah. Since we're kind of uh, getting a little bit into that more of a full band sound, I had this one that I liked by N.E. Dub. Yes. With, with my note, uh, nice full band take. Here, let's listen to this yeah, one. Yeah, totally. interesting take on it yeah totally take a listen to this 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 is what that reminded me of oh yeah (laughs) so that's obvious by 22 (laughs) from their 2003 self-titled record that's what that reminded me of yeah it had uh i mean same song it's saying it's kill but it just the way that he had i think it was the bass line and then yeah. that uh, the the crunchy guitar that started out the whole thing, definitely. Yeah, totally. Um, did you see Sounds Underground on YouTube? I don't have it. Oh, yeah, I do. Yes, I didn't so, green light it, but I have a note. Full band sounds great. It's a full band. It's not, it does. It sounds a lot like the record. Yeah. So let's take, and that's let's probably take why I, I uh, did not green light them. I almost thought it was a play along. I always will 
Sounds so much like Jim, eight. man. Yeah, I know, right? This is eight years ago. I thought this was a quarantine cover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What else you got? Um, we, we, we looked at Ghost Bear TV. The voice sounds great. Who's this? Oh, you know what? Uh, I got this guy's modern day masterpiece. I liked his the sound of his voice. I was surprised. Let's listen to him. He's probably one of the Coosties. In fact, I'm pretty sure looking at his face, he was one of the Coostie boys uh, that you had put in there. But I liked his voice. So we'll listen to a little bit of his voice here. Modern oh, yeah, it's the Elliot Smith shirt. Yeah. Just across the streets, looks about to my feet. I want to go to you for how I'm nervous. Still, I've always been easy killer. I guess I always will. Modern day masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you did you see the Dylan Smith cover? It was kind of like a, a cleanly shot. Yes, I did. Okay. Um, my comment there is if Pierre. Bovier I didn't put him from, in the Coosty Boys though because I think I thought it was more full band than that. Yeah. Um, I think you're right. And but maybe he didn't look. end up in there, so. Maybe, maybe it was his look, but I put down if Pierre Bouvier from Simple Plan covered it. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. Let's take a look. Yeah. Sure did. Mr. Dylan Smith. All right, man. I think that's an, that's it for me. What do you got? 
I got like so many things, man. <laughs> um, I guess I wanted to give everybody that wasn't doing uh, an acoustic or a play along uh, their chance to shine. So uh, maybe we won't play as much of all of these unless that we're really filling them. And that's not to say that they're not all great. Um, there's just so many. So this is Oh Captain, My Captain, another Ooh. full band. got a little oh, bit yeah. of a dark 80s sound um david i just want to warn you that when i wrote this song i was listening to the cure a lot yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's losing his mind and i'm reaping all, all the, the benefits, benefits. <laughs> uh this is victoria taylor music i think this is like a band of kids on stage looking like they're having a blast oh hell yeah She remind me of um, Courtney, Courtney Marie, uh, Andrews. Marie Andrews. Yeah. Violin too over there. Yeah. Let's see if the drummer does it. Nope. Ah. <laughs> nope. Uh, all right. Uh, next is um, this is interesting. This band is called So Long Stargazer, and I guess this is from one of their early band practices. But I remember it sounding very different from the original song. Um. I was like, yeah. this is how we sounded at the beginning of the band. But I think she kind of goes wild on the piano, I think, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think the harmonies in this one were great.
man. Fuck, this is like what happens when you put like musicians together. I know, right? <laughs> it captivated me. I was, I was yeah, into man. it. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Uh, okay. Uh, oh, I didn't talk about this because um, I think it got lost in the shuffle of things, but I didn't want to forget it. Um, and as it is getting later in the evening, we don't want to fall asleep as I'm scrolling through 126 videos trying to find it real quick. Um, uh, I hope you're not too sleepy yet. Here's Sparrow Sleep's version of Kill. So funny. I know these so well. (laughs) Yeah. From Wes, huh? Yep. My binky, David. My binky. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. So uh, I guess uh, continuing down that uh, path, uh, let's go ahead and listen to some piano covers. Uh, I've got five of them. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah, Uh, I was wondering, listening to that other one, uh, I didn't come across a lot of the piano covers, so I'm glad you you came across them. Yeah, this is Joe. Oh, I think Joe has played us out before. Oh, cool. Thank you. 
So I'm going to play it. This sounds like this. Watch, listen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it very much reminds me <laughs> of this for some reason. Video pimp. It's so funny. This song was so big here in LA on K-Rock, and I feel like no one ever talks about it in like Alkaline Trio fandom. Right, well, okay. This is one of their more recent ones, right? This is, uh... No, this is like 2005, maybe? Yeah. What album was this on? Now I'm just like, gushing. Yeah. That's my Maddie. His voice is so good. They watch from their windows as all arms fall to their sides and all eyes fix. Okay, that's enough. Yes, I guess, yes. I guess it's a more modern Alkaline Trio than like their early stuff. Yeah. Still, it's around that time. I don't know how I missed that one. But yeah, that song was so big. Um, I felt like in K- on K Rock and everything, and uh, now everyone talks about all these other songs <laughs> from Alkaline mm-hmm. Trio, which are good. But I was like, "Don't you guys remember all- Time to Waste?" And they're like, "Yeah, it's a good song." I was like, "No, that song was fucking huge." <laughs> <laughs> um, here is Sarah Manth doing a piano cover. Across the street, looks a mile to my feet. I wanna go to you. Funny how I'm nervous still. I've always been feeling it, man. Yeah. Easy kill. I guess I always will. Could it be that everything goes round? That it was always meant to be You kill me, you always know The perfect thing to say Hey, hey, hey I know what wow. I should do But yeah, I just With that door cracked like that? <laughs> I'm looking for a ghost to walk by <laughs> Not any specific ghost <laughs> Uh, here is Michael <laughs> Palire.
so punchy and bouncy. It well sounds done, like a like a positive song, you know? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, this next one is by Loopso, a Loopso cover. This looks like a horror film. Oh. Let's see. Oh yeah. That reverb, it sounds haunted. I like when people are singing along and then I like the instrumentals. I have one more piano cover. Do we save it for the end over final thoughts? But then they might be singing. That's true. Um, I mean, I can always I can always uh, dip it down even lower if you want to save one. Sure. Let's save one. OK. OK. Uh, I've got a couple acapellas. Now, there is an acapella like this guy, Curti Shoop, who I believe is just singing it solo acapella i don't think it's a play along like a sing-along sing i think he just recorded looks a mile to my feet i want to go to you funny how i'm nervous still i've always been the easy kill I guess I always will. Could it be that everything goes around by chance? Chance. Or only one way it was always meant to be. Me. You kill me, you always know the perfect thing to say. Hey, hey. Hey, hey, I know what I should do, but I just can't walk away. He sounds just like Max Bemis of uh, Say Anything, you know? Like if he oh, did okay. just yeah, an acapella yeah. recording. Well, not just yeah. like him, but very similar. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, w- I was, uh, was going to wonder if he was singing along to the track, but then he jumped right into the second verse. So I have three acapella groups. Oh, uh, yes. Oh, wait, no, no, no. Sorry. Two acapella groups. I had this out of order. Let's let's do the acapella groups after we do Nena Loves Cheer. I wrote down, this is intimate. Well, you're just across the street. Looks a mile to my feet. I want to go to you. Funny how I'm nervous still. I've always been the easy kill. 
I guess I always will. Could it be that everything goes wrong by chance? Or only one way that it was always meant to be? You kill me, you always know the perfect thing to say. Hey, 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 hey. I know what I should do, but I just can't walk away. What do you think the context was of her doing this? I don't know. Like, was it for somebody? It sounds like it to me. If I had to... Or like a project or like a... Yeah, maybe yeah, they... They had a friend that liked Jimmy World, and she goes, oh, I can sing. I've heard that song. And then... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But usually you say, oh, this is for Jimmy. Or this is for John. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> uh, all right. Here is... Uh, Phil Chang uploaded this. It's called Capital Green, Jimmy Eat World Kill. It's our first acapella group. interesting oh, editing b-roll yeah right throw that in there right what you know when they're just singing the uh that was cool no lyrics now here are the uncg sapphires and un university of north carolina i don't know i don't know what UNG is that slow jam 07 the choreography. Ah. Oh. Uh. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was waiting for it. <laughs> uh, so uh, the UNCG Sapphires performing Jimmy World's Kill at Slow Jam 07. Sapphires were awarded second place at the competition as well as best vocal percussion. And then one Wes Mantooth, what? <laughs> which has got to be an Anchorman reference. Oh, right? yeah, of course, man. Uh, this was just okay. The guys were way better. Pick a better song. I'm going to downvote that and then give yes. them an upvote. Dick. And then I'm going to say something about Leslie Mantooth. <laughs> Wasn't that a West Mantooth's uh, Yeah. Mother? Leslie Mantooth is a saint. Yeah. I'll take her out for a nice steak dinner and not, not call her back again. <laughs> that's right. Okay, that's what I'm going to say. I'm going to take your mom out for a nice steak dinner and not call her. <laughs> oh, it's a nice seafood dinner, Speaking man. of West Mantooth, you know they're doing the Wedding Crasher sequel now. Uh, I'll take your mother to a nice seafood dinner. Oh, mm. Dorothy Mantooth. Dorothy, gosh darn it! I'm glad you checked. Classic. <laughs> Classic. And never call her again. Twelve years later, just go ahead and uh, I'm going to put some context. Kill is a great song. I will smash your face into a car windshield and then take your mother, Dorothy Mantooth, out for a nice seafood dinner and never call her again. Classic. Classic pod bullying. Okay. Bullying rocks. Um, <laughs> Jeez. Uh, all right. We've done acapella. We've done all the pianos, but one. We've done all the bands. We've got three ukes. Oh, and yeah, baby. Getting out of this, baby. Uh, did you have a favorite uke? Um, I only had one. Uh, Which was? Dylan or Dylon the Annihilator. Oh, sick. Let's do Dylon last. Okay. Just because I didn't really listen to them all. So um, here is the first of three this is by rock and roll heart on soundcloud Terrific. Yeah. Love a uke cover. Here's Megan Krauth with Kill. Oh, she's got the uh, Deathly Hollows tattoo. I love that she left this in. <laughs> New York. New York. I love the dino sticker on the uke. Okay, we'll do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I love that moxie.
done. Mm-hmm. Even in New York City, man. Yeah. We'll do it live. All right, sick. Now let's do D- D- Dalian the Annihilator. Yeah, I, Dalon the Annihilator. Here we go. Sick. Ladies. Oh, yeah. Annihilating them. That's an Amici ukulele? Yeah. Sounds like a pizza place. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Classic Hawaiian name. Okay. <laughs> Finally, as we go into our final thoughts, let's play this piano cover. Uh, before you do that, Jenny. hold on. Just oh. a sec. Sorry, I had to. Oh. Jenny 5007-2007 uh, playing Kill on the piano as we uh, maybe get into final thoughts or listen to her sing. Yeah. Let's see. Oh, perfect. No vocals. Yeah. Justin, what are your final thoughts on the song Kill by Jimmy Eat World? Man, this is it. I'm going to go out and say it. This is my, this is my favorite song. This has got to be I, I, I share that sentiment with thousands and thousands and thousands of other people clearly um but this is uh i don't know there's something about it It, it's got all the ingredients of um of pleasing justin musically uh it's got the swells it's got the guitar it may not have a guitar solo but you know what you don't always need one of those but yeah man this is uh this has gone to. I usually do it at what out of ten, and I and I give every one of these damn like a nine or a ten. This is an eleven out of ten, David, for me. Oh, Kill is an eleven out of ten, man. What about you? It's one more, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, that's sick. Yeah, I, I obviously didn't know the song by name, but I know that bridge, and that bridge is one of the goat bridges, and uh, that that slide guitar in the first verse. Um, that they did in that most recent version of Kill that I played that I don't know where I got. And um, they also, what is it? I noticed while we were listening to the uh, covers was I love, um, what does he say? Let me pull up the lyrics. (laughs) It's late. Um, Funny how I'm nervous still. Every time somebody said that, I thought of the the line from Goodfellas, Joe Pesci saying, "Funny how, yeah, funny like a clown." Uh, for so- I never Why heard that amu- while I was listening you? to the Jimmy World version, but I caught that this time listening <laughs> to all the covers, so I enjoyed that. So, 
Oh gosh, without further ado, I don't know, man. This song, yeah, this song rocks. It's definitely a top Jimmy World song for sure. Uh, everybody loves it. There's nothing, I mean, that if we didn't say in the last three hours, you're going to hear it yeah. in the next little bit <laughs> that we're going to play this interview. Um, but uh, thank you to uh, that wonderful rendition by Jenny5007, 2007. Everybody else, wow, what a marathon episode. Uh, thank you so much for listening uh and uh be excellent to each other and party on dudes ladies and gentlemen welcoming to the podcast author extraordinaire mike henneberger and mike will you please say the full title of your book yes um it is Rock Bottom at the Renaissance, an emo kid's journey through falling in and out of love in and with New York City. So sick. <laughs> Every time I get to the latter half of the latter title of the book, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is actually kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, <clears throat> I a lot of people have like told me how it reminds them of like, you know, early 2000s emo songs that were had super long titles. Yeah. Um, and I wish I could take credit for that, but maybe subconsciously that's what happened. <clears throat> but it's really aesthetic, it was just man. A, Yeah, and I mean really it was just a SEO trick. So when people like search for emo on Amazon or search for like love or New York City, like it'll pop up. Um but uh but no, I'm glad that like it's kind of taken on that that life of its own in that title. It's crazy because that's what's been happening. I mean, the, the paperback's been out for a year. The audiobook just came out a couple weeks ago, but, uh, um, or maybe a month ago. But I've been like finding out, learning new things about this book the more that I like talk to people about it. So, like, kind of things I didn't really know were in there kind of just show themselves to me as, you know, as I pay closer attention to it. So sure. It's yeah. cool. And so I, I did want to congratulate you on the book. We didn't find Thanks. out about it until the audiobook was going to come out. And the yeah. big weenie for us, uh, weenie is a Disney term, sorry. The, um, mm -hmm. uh, uh, the, the big draw for us was that you were going to have the unreleased Phoenix Sessions uh, versions of 23 and Kill as part of the, it's such a cool book. It's a mixtape book. Um, which is uh, okay. s sort of something I always didn't know I wanted. Um, it's yeah. such a cool format. And I think the audiobook uh, really um, really is the draw, and the paperback version is sort of a, an accompaniment as opposed to the other way around. Yeah. Um, no, so totally. And that's, and that's one of the things that I like came to realize a month ago it, because um, the audiobook came out and so many people have told me, like, how how they started listening and just couldn't stop for three hours or like it kept them up all night listening or like the how they get pulled right into it and it's made me realize that this story was supposed to be an audiobook like the format it's meant to be consumed in is an audiobook um it just so happened that it was a book and that came out first and it was because it was a lot easier to put out right <laughs> i'll bet i'll bet um, but yeah, it's funny, like, uh, the first thing that came to mind when uh, when Ready Player One had come out, and Ready Player One, when I was listening to that audiobook, kept name-dropping songs. And so as hmm. they were name-dropping songs, I was making an Apple Music playlist for me to cool. play after the fact. 
And this is exactly that. It, it was like something I was already doing that didn't realize was having a format sort of created. So you had said the paperback version was always the version in your mind when you had uh, uh, thought up the idea. And now it's sort of revealed itself to you as like really as an audio component. When did that sort of become part of the conversation about how... Well, there's always... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, about how this book might be consumed. Yeah, I mean, I... So the book kind of like... For those who haven't read it or heard it, um, it kind of just came together. It wasn't something I like set out to write. Like when you read the book, I, I am actually... You know, a big part of the book is me writing the book. Um, so I talk about like the process I'm going through as I'm writing it, dealing with depression and dealing with anxiety, locked up in a hotel room for a weekend. So it wasn't like the book wasn't in my mind yet. It just kind of came out over that weekend and some time after it. It's kind of a memoir of like the first f- three to four years I lived in New York City. Um, but that weekend, I just wanted to write. And that's, this is what came out of that. Um, and so the songs were always in the book. Um, like if you read, I mean, when you read chapter one, I start, it, every song, every chapter has a song that goes with it. And chapter one is 23 by Jimmy World. And that happens because Jimmy, because 23 was playing on my headphones when I was walking to the hotel. So that pops up in the book and the song pops up throughout the chapter. Um, and then throughout writing it in that hotel room, I've always listened to Bayside and The Dangerous Summer when I'm feeling down, and so they come up a lot in the book. Um, and the same with Jimmy World, uh, Kill comes up and um, later in the book. But so that format was always the format. Um, and actually, in the paperback book, there's there are QR codes in the front of the book that you can scan, so you can hear every song mentioned in the book, not just the chapter songs. But I made an Apple Music playlist and a Spotify playlist, and I'm paying for Apple Music every month. I don't even use it, but I pay for it just so this playlist will exist for people who listen, who use Apple Music. And so even if you're more of a paperback person, you can get the paperback and scan the QR code and have the playlist right there with you. And so like, I always dreamed of it being an audiobook, but I knew that I would have to license the music to, to do that, and I knew that that was going to be hard but i i don't know i i knew i needed to i needed that to exist i needed that format to exist um and so i just had to learn how to license music and had to reach out to publishers and managers and bands and record labels until i got all the songs that i needed um but yeah i mean it never would have been an audiobook if I could not have gotten the music because it would not have made sense to me to put it out without the music actually mixed into the chapters. Um, so yeah, it was always a goal, but it was never something that hit me like, I need to do it this way. I just wanted to hear it that way, you know? Um, I would have been happy with it just being the book out, but now that I have heard it as the audiobook, and that also has to do with Tyler Posey narrating it. He does such an amazing job that this thing has become something completely different and better than I ever could have imagined. So yeah, I mean, it's just because of what it is that I realized it's what it was supposed to be 
You know, that sounds so st like stupid and like, I don't know, maybe pretentious, but like it, it's, I can't, I mean, that's what happened when I listened to it. I was just like, holy shit, this is how it was meant to be, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, you mentioned Tyler, we've played his clip. Um, you had posted um, in the fan forum the clip from Kill, which has a little bit of an interview with Tyler Posey talking about his relationship with the band Jimmy Eat World and the yeah. song Kill. And now I would love to talk to you about uh, let's start macro and work our way down. Jimmy Eat World. That's the band that I mean, we've dedicated the next three years of our life to talk about song by song. Wow. Yeah. Um, what is your relationship with the band Jimmy Eat World? Where did it start? Where is it now? Yeah, I mean, and I mean, you know, because you've listened to the audiobook, but uh, I mean, I grew up in a really small town in South Texas that just did not get, you know, indie music or smaller bands, or it was very like hard to find punk rock. And I didn't even know the word emo, you know, probably till after 2000. Um, or like 99, I guess. I remember Juliana, the Juliana theory was like the first e time I heard the word emo. Um, but I wasn't listening to, to Jimmy Eat World then yet. Um, and I talk about in the book how like, I didn't discover Jimmy Eat World when the middle hit MTV, like a lot of people in the world. And I'm not just trying to sound cool, but I, I like this is what I say in the book that like, I. I can prove I'm not trying to be cool because I discovered Jimmy Eat World from the movie Never Been Kissed when Lucky Denver Mint is on that soundtrack. And that made me want to check out this band, you know? Um, but because of the town that I grew up in and just not being surrounded by like a music scene, I just got really into punk and ska. And then I remember watching the Urethra Chronicles, the Blink-182 like tour DVD documentary. Um, I watched that thing over and over and over because I was in a band and I wanted to see what other guys in bands did and like that's how I had to learn because I didn't grow up around a music scene and in that DVD I can't remember if it's Mark or Tom but one of them name drops Jimmy Eat World and so they were always kind of there just like off to the side you know um, yeah. and um, but then when I moved to Austin I worked at a Hot Topic and like the guys I worked with would play Clarity all the time. And so then I finally got to like start getting into them. Um, and yeah, they like helped me kind of grow up out of punk. I mean, not completely out of punk, I still listen to punk, but it introduced me to something that was um, more like deep and like musically like intricate and it really like influenced how I started looking at music because I had never heard anything like it really. You know, I was just into punk and ska. Um, and so, yeah, that's how, that's how, it, how, how it came to me. And then of course, you know, when Bleed American came out, you know, like everyone else, I, I listened to that over and over. And, but then I talk about in the book how I always go back to Futures. Like Futures is one of my, f it's, it's one of my Desert Island albums and always will be. Um, and, and then after Futures, I always say that like, for Jimmy Eat World and Death Cab for Cutie, every, every like album has to grow on me, but once it does, it becomes like a favorite album of mine. 
And so like, there's just not another band with a more solid discography for me um, that I listen to, man. I just listen to like, I love everything that they put out and I just, you know, even like even Survive when Surviving came out, um, it's the first record that I have like immediately that didn't have to grow on me for some I don't know what it is, but it's it's the first of their records since Futures that didn't have to grow on me. But yeah, they're just like one of the most solid bands that that I listen to, and so they, they don't put anything out that I don't you know enjoy still listening to. Oh, <laughs> that was like the perfect answer and distilled everything because then I was going to talk about. Uh, uh, futures as well, uh, yeah. And you nailed it. Now, kill in particular. You've got you've got two tracks uh, uh, of this book. Uh, I'll call them tracks instead of chapters. Track one. Yeah, that's what I call them too. Perfect. Yeah, and track fourteen. Um, how? Uh, uh, why don't you talk a little bit about how you landed on kill toward the end of the book, uh, uh, being the 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 sort of theme of chapter or track 14 yeah i mean it's kind of the same as like um chapter one with 23 um and i mentioned it in the chapter um named after kill like i was in this hotel room and this is like i i wrote most of this stuff like it like every so like the chapters kind of every other chapter is like present day and the the weekend in the hotel and then Every other chapter is like a flashback to kind of a relationship um, that I had in New York City um, that kind of like messed with me because of my um, just being brainwashed by pop culture and romanticizing this city. Um, and so Kill is one of the present day chapters. Um, <clears throat> and so it happens just like 23. And it's the same reason like Bayside and Dangerous Summer pop up is because these are the bands I listen to when I'm feeling down. And like, I have major depressive disorder and I have anxiety disorder. And back then, like years ago, it was a lot worse for me because I wasn't taking it seriously and using healthy methods to deal with it. I was abusing pills and I was abusing alcohol and just doing the wrong things to deal with it. And so, at this time, you know, I'm listening to the bands that I listen to when I'm down, and that's Jimmy Eat World. Um, and so in this chapter, like, I even talk about, like, just playing this song on repeat. Like, I, was, I had to get out of my hotel room. I had to smoke a cigarette um, because I was dealing with the anxiety of, like, trying to finish this book um, and making this book so important to me that, like, I'm just putting all this pressure on myself and I just had to get out of the hotel room. So I go out into Times Square or around Times Square just to smoke, to chain smoke cigarettes and I just listened to Kill on repeat. Um, and part of the reason for that is that like these lyrics just hit me so hard. Um, and I mean, when I think about the relationship I was um, you know, working on during the book, but also like relationships I've had in, in New York that, you know, were, you know, I thought were going somewhere. It's songs like this that are just cap that just capture the feeling so perfectly, you know? Yeah. Like I know what I should do, but I just can't turn away. Like I, like this whole book is about relationships that I should have seen red flags. I should not have made them as important to me as they were because they definitely weren't the right relationships 
but I just couldn't, you know. I hear you, man. And uh, uh, I, without going too much into it, I saw a lot of myself in this book. And having found out more and more about you and more and more about myself recently, I would say that we are uh, kindred spirits. And so in some ways, yeah. while listening to the book, it was a little bit like listening to a diary. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that that's, I think that that's, I mean, it's been fairly common to hear that, but I think it's because the people who read this book are the people who listen to this music. And I think if you listen to this music and care about it as passionately as you guys do and I do, it's because it connects with us for similar reasons, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's parlay into a little bit. The track list on the thing reads like my Apple Music playlist, save for that the Jimmy Eat World tracks are from the Phoenix Sessions that they released early this year. And these tracks are not available anywhere else except for on your audiobook. Who did you have to talk to? <laughs> did you talk to Tom Andrews, who handles their Turkey on Rye music stuff? Or how, how, no. how do you go about that? Um, so their, their manager, Steven Gonzalez, helped me with that. Um, but... I'm trying to think. So I've done music journalism for like over 15 years. Uh, I've actually never interviewed Jimmy World though. Um, and I had a connect, because I get like, I don't know, 100 press releases a day, even though I'm not really like writing music journalism anymore. or haven't for a while. I'm still on all the email lists. So I had their publicist's email address at RCA Records. And I emailed her and I told her what this book is about and how it's about like, you know, me struggling with mental health issues, but, you know, turning to music to help me get through it. Um, and that I was going to be donating 50% of the royalties to charities, which I have been doing since the book came out and will always do. Um, I donate to mental health charities and also um, artists and crew relief funds. Um, and so I wanted to make it clear, and I've reached out to just about every single band that is in this book, even if I didn't have to, because some of the songs I just got cleared by publishers, and um, you know there are companies who've just bought like Victory Records catalog, and I can just get approval from them, you know. So like I didn't have to talk to every band, but I, I it was important for me for these bands to know that. I'm trying to help people out with this book and I'm trying to get this story out so people don't feel alone if they're dealing with the same things now. And so I told her that and I asked her if I could send her copies of my book to send to the band and she said yes. Um, I, came, I found out that they never got to the band. Um, oh, but uh, uh, that's okay. Um, I don't know. I don't know how that, if she tried to or not, but whatever. So I reached out to her, and then once I started working on the audiobook, I asked her if she could point me in the right direction, and she pointed me to their management. Um, and so I reached out to their management, same thing, told them you know, everything I'm trying to do with this book, and they pointed me to Universal Music, who own the masters of Futures recordings. And lost them but, in a fire. <laughs> oh, did they? Yeah. The, future, the, the high um, res... Masters of Futures, I believe, were lost in the Universal Fire. We talk about that on one of the early episodes. So yeah. everything that so basically, happens after that is all 44-1 uh, That's so rips. funny. Yeah. 
because they they basically like so they basically own the NFT of futures. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I, I had I, so yeah, like they still have to give me permission to use it, even though they don't exactly. have it anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so like I got I got their their the publishing company who who like handles their publishing for these songs. They approved it right away, no problem. Right. Um, and the thing is, is like. All of these bands are letting me use their music for free because of the charity aspect and because of the subject matter. Um, but the the thing is, is that like there's this thing called the MFN contract, Most Favored Nations, which means that like whoever, if one person or if one band gets paid, then everybody has mm. to get paid. So like nobody's gonna let me use their music for free if somebody else gets paid for it. So. I got all the music cleared before I went to Jimmy Eat World so I could say, you guys don't want to be the only ones not doing it, right? Like, you don't want to be the only guys not doing this charity thing, right? I didn't have to do that. Like, it didn't take that. Um, but I was hoping, like, my last card I would have to pull would be that one. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, yeah, so I reached out to their management. They pointed me to Universal. Universal told me they never let anybody use songs for free. And Universal Music wanted to charge me $125 per song, which mm. is the most arbitrary, stupid number right. you could put on a song. Because like, even if the band got 50% of that, which you know they don't, that's <laughs> $75 to, is that right? I don't know. I'm bad at math. Um, to to spend, to, or like 60 it's like 6250 yeah 6250 yeah um that's 6250 for them to split among the four of them you know um it's so like that like that's nothing you know i'm sure that my thinking was like i'm sure they wouldn't care about the 20 dollars they or whatever 15 dollars they pocket each um and they'd be happy to help me with this um but Universal was just not going to give it to me for free. And that's a fair price, more than fair price. Oh, absolutely. But if I had to pay them, I had to pay everybody, and that would have been at least $10,000 out of my pocket, which yeah. I don't have. Um, so then when I saw that they were recording the Phoenix Sessions, I reached out to their management again because Chris Caraba gave me a version of Hands Down that he owns the masters to, oh. so I wouldn't have to go to Universal Music. And it's it's actually the acoustic version that's on the So Impossible EP, so it's okay, not yeah. unreleased like these, um, but he owns that one, so he let me use that one, nice. so I wouldn't have to go to Universal Music. And the Smoking Popes recorded their song Megan. Their drummer has a YouTube channel called Live from the Rock Room, and they recorded Megan on that, and they own that recording. So they let me use that recording, so I wouldn't have to go to Universal Music. Um, it's so I didn't know that like when they did that, I didn't know they knew that Universal Music might be a problem. But um, so yeah, when I saw that Jimmy World was re-recording these songs, um, I probably I wish I would was listening to you guys because I'm sure you probably know of other recordings. I probably could have just tried to get. Um, but uh, but when I saw they were doing the Phoenix Sessions, I was just like, oh, cool, those are recordings they're going to own, and I won't need to go to Universal. And I hit up their manager, and after some time, like, he he got them cleared, and they let me use it. Awesome. 
Well, that's that, that was a sorry. That was a long story. story. No, I know that was a that was a long story. Way more but, complicated than I would have thought. But well, no, but that and here's the thing. I actually skipped a step because <clears throat> when they did the Phoenix Sessions VIP virtual meet and greets, yes, I I paid the like hundred and fifty dollars, which is like more than the price of a Universal Music song, right? <clears throat> um, but uh, I paid the hundred and fifty dollars because I also wanted to tell them what the book was, you know. Like, like I said, it was important for me to tell them, to tell the band, and I was going to ask their manager, and when he came to them and said, hey, this guy wants to use your song in his audiobook, I wanted them to know what it was about, and it wasn't just some guy, like, trying to exploit their music, um, and so I went on one of those virtual meet and greets, and got all nervous, but then um, Zach was like, well, what do you want to talk about, Mike? And I had my book, and I said, I want to talk about this. And that's how I found out that they never got the copies that Aww. I sent them. <laughs> um, but I was able to tell them all about the book, and like Rick actually asked questions about it, which was so cool. They were very, it, it blew me away of how like genuinely interested they were able to seem um, after talking to so many people. Um, and yeah, so they, I, I didn't put them on the spot. I didn't want to put them on the spot there, so I didn't ask them for permission, <clears throat> I just told them like, hey, I'm gonna, I've been talking to your manager, I'm gonna reach out to him, I just wanted you guys to know about what it is, so when he reaches out, you know, That's tough. Um, but I'm not gonna put you on the spot and ask you. Um, so yeah, they were, they were cool enough to let me use, use these songs. That's so cool. I, I definitely think it's one of the cooler versions. The only other two versions you would have been able to use is either the Trombino Sessions of kill uh and i don't know that they had 23 at that time it's been a while since we did that episode and then there's the band demos that they did um yeah and uh but neither of those are as clean as you know the phoenix session cool. so nice. <laughs> oh man well mike thank you so much for coming on talking about yeah, the book man. talk about jimmy world uh other than rock bottombook.com and we'll have links and everything in the show notes but for those that don't check the show notes where else can people find you and see things that you uh, are doing yeah so my I've been doing more on Instagram lately but uh, so yeah m my Instagram and Twitter are Mikey Lee Rock M-I-K-E-L-E-E-R-O-C-K and then I do video production um, for a living and so uh, basically all my creative work is under a burger joint um, which is A-B-E-R-G-E-R-J-O-I-N-T. Um, that's on Instagram, Twitter. If you go on YouTube, um, I've got a lot of interviews with Tyler Posey, who narrated the book. He talks about his... Oh, you played the clip of him talking about Jimmy World. Um, and I've got interviews. I started a web series called Rock Bottom Book Club. So I also talked to like AJ Perdomo from The Dangerous Summer. I am dreaming of talking to to Jim, obviously. Um, I'm hoping that I'll be able to like take that further and talk to all the bands um, in the book. Cause I, you know, I talk to them about, you know, how they feel about how their music's interpreted or like how the how they relate to the book. So I'm really hoping I can get to to the Jimmy Eat World guys and talk to them about it too. Uh, but yeah, so A Burger Joint um, everywhere and Mikey Lee Rock everywhere. That's how you can find me. Awesome. Well as we like to say at the end of every episode, uh, we like to uh, say from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Are you familiar with the with the film? I am. So uh, if I were to say, be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes. I didn't want to be alone anymore. 
Not that I ever wanted that in the first place. I bought a pack of cigarettes, found the quietest side street I could find, sat in the first ledge I came to, lit one up, and put this Jimmy Eat World song on repeat. I'm not a smoker, but I smoked three cigarettes before giving in to the anxiety of my weekend running out and this book not being finished. The anxiety was enough to get me back to the hotel, but the depression was enough to keep me from going back to the room. Going back to the room meant being alone again. So I wandered the lobby, high on speed, drunk on scotch, tweaked out a bit from the overdose of nicotine I just had, and I looked for a girl. I knew I wasn't going to find another THE girl in some excited tourist in a Times Square Renaissance hotel lobby, but I wasn't looking for THE girl. I just wanted some company. I don't want to die tonight, so maybe I was also looking for someone who would be there to dial 911 just in case. The lobby was understandably dead. Most people who stay in a hotel in Times Square probably don't spend much time in that hotel. I had one last hope. The hotel bar. I can buy an overpriced drink or two if it means that I don't have to feel this alone in my last dying hours. Surely if anyone was drinking in a Times Square hotel bar on a Sunday, they would be as lonely as I am. The bar was fucking dead too. Not only am I alone, I'm alone in my loneliness. I sat down for a drink anyway. I took out my cell phone and set it on the bar, honestly thinking that I wanted to make sure I could see it just in case the girl texted. I can picture your face there from the bar in my hotel. I wish I'd go to you. I'll pick up, put down the phone like a favorite Pedonizer song goes. It's just like being alive. I can picture your face well from the bar in my hotel. I wish I'd go to you. I pick up, put down the phone like your favorite Heat Miser song goes. It's just like being alone. Sometimes I don't even have to try to make a song relevant. No texts. The bar is closer to the ground floor than the floor that my room is on, so I figured I should probably have another cigarette before I get further away from the only place I can smoke. I walked out, put my headphones in, and lit up. Same song, over and over. I'm starting to realize that maybe I am a bit delusional. I've waited all weekend for the girl to call or text, and even though nothing has come, I still wait. I still hope. But that's just this weekend. I waited years for us to have a chance. And in that time since we got that chance, I've waited for her to think, believe, that it was the last chance either of us ever needed. Oh God!